And something, something I'm up to no good. Welcome to the Master Movie Podcast, everybody. Um, so up to no good. Up to no good. I was referring to the spell about the map in the last movie, anyway. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh good. So Mischief. we are in the middle of our Harry Potter Wingardium series. And, and um, up, ow. Um, <laughs> good, good, fully work, Chris. <laughs> um, that hurt. So. <laughs> that was me, Alex. Thanks. No, that was no but Chris that was played me. along. That's the point. So, um, we are now on Goblet of Fire. Crucio. And, um, we're halfway. Uh, no, we're past halfway home. There's four we're movies left. Whoa, because Whoa! Are we living on, <laughs> living on a wizard? What? I was gonna say, yeah, living on a um, spell. <laughs> I, I don't um, know. It's probably. I mean, we're we're going back to Hogwarts, so you know. Like, yeah. Hogwarts be like, you couldn't live with the weight of your teenage years, and where did that bring you? Me, <laughs> back to me, back to me. It's um, death trap. Wear helmets, kids. Um, not just even in the middle of this goddamn competition that Harry's in, they don't wear helmets. I have questions, this time, dude. I have what questions that I need. I have questions from last week that need resolved. Um, that need to be resolved. So, okay, okay, okay. So I'm going to get last week's notes. Well, well, that's well, not even it. When we get to the main section, right? We'll get to the main section anyway. Um. That's not it. That's on the ground. Okay, so let me start the timer. <laughs> Zach, get, Zach, take it to the news. So a few <laughs> things <laughs> happened. <laughs> oh, fuck, Alex. Well, um, I, was, I was adding. <laughs> so uh, I'll start with the big thing. We kind of already knew this, but uh, it's nice to get confirmation. Zack Snyder's wife, Deborah Snyder, confirmed that Justice League has only one actual new scene and two. 1,650 new visual effects shots. Well, the news there is that is the amount of effects shots. We already knew that he only shot one new scene for this, which is the Joker scene. Yep, which is the, the well, I shouldn't say the Joker scene, the, the nightmare scene, but yes. But, yeah, but that's the scene with Joker in it. I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be more there than just Joker, but yeah. I think he already shot some nightmare stuff for it already and they just yeah, added yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that there's more but more importantly there's Jared Lowe's Joker and then there's about half a movie's worth of additional visual effects shots that he updated or effects we've seen some of these already for example in the climax it looks nice and dark rather than that ugly red <laughs> the initial idea yeah Yep. Um. obviously there's all the new dark side stuff uh, Steppenwolf got redone there's all kinds of stuff. Dark side. Yeah, I sure hope there's a dark side. Uh, never mind. Sorry. Ooh. Uh, never mind. I would also, I'd also say. Never mind. Right, move on. Thanos, played by Josh Brolin. I would okay. say that probably because there's more Ray Fisher stuff in this, there's also probably more visual effects shots that involve him. There's also uh, some Ezra Miller stuff, too. But Yeah. He, Iris, Iris is in there. Iris is in the middle. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, so that's cool. Uh, I think I that was the biggest piece of news. No, 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 no. We're gonna get to the 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 other three things, but uh, that's the first Good thing. Lord. Uh, the second thing is a certain actress named uh, Sasha Callies? Collins, uh, Callies, uh, Alex, Sasha Baron Cohen. No, I don't oh. know any. I haven't looked. I don't know it. Sasha. So, uh, this actress named Sasha Callies. I'm gonna say Sasha Callies. She's mostly know. from Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives was cast as uh, um, Corazorel in the Flashpoint movie directed by Andy Muschietti. Supergirl. Supergirl. I just want that movie to go through one more director. Just one more. Oh, Andy Muschietti's great, Chris. Come on. I do find that very funny, um, with Chris. Um, but I <laughs> just do... for the meme. No. I think I think that this director is really good with applying tone and performances with visual effects. Because if you take everything, all the scary stuff out of the It movies, they are great popcorn adventure films that heavily rely on CGI. And I do think that he would be very good for that. And he's also good at getting good performances out of people. So since there are so many different people in this movie, it sounds like, that are coming in and just going to be doing their thing for a little bit and then leaving, I have no problem with that. And I have no problem with most of it involving special effects. It's just interesting to me that once Zack Snyder stepped away from making these movies, his pristine look of this world started to devolve as more directors came in and did stuff. Some of them tried to keep it, like James Wan with Aquaman creating the same spectacle while not necessarily creating the same elegance. It's going to be interesting after the Snyder Cut to come in and see um, Andy come in and like... His work is very moody and very uh, classic. I wouldn't say he's necessarily his framing is on par with him, but it's going to be interesting because the whole thing about Flashpoint is it's all of these different elements of this DC world and other worlds too. So he's got to capture all of these different visuals and put them together to one big look, which I find interesting. And and the big thing is, is Flashpoint is one of if not many well i wouldn't say more the it's it's one of the biggest most important dc comic stories to be done obviously the other one is like crisis on infinite earth which they just did in in the show and they connected everything to everything which is perfect um they did they did crisis on arrowverse and it connected it both the dceu to the old batman stuff to everything everything's part everything's part of everything now yeah and so they've done crisis they don't need to do crisis so now that kind of leaves them with about like three or four like big story arcs that they can do that I think all will be really fun. Flashpoint's one of those. Another one I think is Death of the Family. That's a huge one. Um, Blackest Night is another big one they could do. Um, and I I think I, I want them one day. I don't know if they they will, but I, one of these days I would love for them to do Apocalypse War, just because it's actually really fun and it's really interesting, but it, it, it's kind of that Avengers Endgame type thing. It has a lot of characters in it. It, you know, there, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. They get some magic play characters in like John Constantine. They have the justice league. They, it, it, it kind of goes really fucked up at the end, <laughs> which is really good, but it, it has a really nice hopeful ending at the end, which is fine. Um, but, <laughs> 
Well, I'm talking from the comics storyline, but uh, the bigger one, it's I think, is like... It, the way you said it, it sounded like you wanted a shitty, like, depressing ending for all the characters. Like, oh, yeah. It was a happy ending, and I guess... Dude, I want everyone to fucking die, let's be clear. A Thanos oh, wow. snap, but in this case, everyone goes. Yeah, everyone just dies. Dark side well, fucking yeah. wins and kills everyone. That's that at Endgame. Thanos is going to kill everybody at the, at the end of Endgame. Yeah. There, there was for a long time in the script where Thanos was going to walk up after coming out of the portal and roll uh, 2012 Captain America skull at Tony Stark's face. So uh, That was <laughs> never going that, to happen. That was in the script for a long time. It was never going to happen. I know, but God damn It's it. Disney. Disney would never take the head of Steve Rogers and roll it to the head of Iron. Like, no. No, no. It was never going to happen. Anyways, see now what I what I noticed is that was Loki's death. Anyways, Blackest Night and Flashpoint are like and Death of the Family are like Death in the Family are like the three big ones they can still do. That would be a lot of fun. They're all they're all crazy and different in their own ways, uh, which is fine. Um, And I think they're just fun. Anywho, uh, so yeah, so let's let's move on to the the two bigger things. I think we've dwelled on this enough. So let's talk about Cruella. Hey, Alex. Oh, I did not Cruella. see this trailer. Uh-huh, Seth? What'd you think of Cruella? I really want to see this. Yeah, it looks awesome. I'm excited. I I think it looks beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think she looks great. And there's just a craziness in her eyes. I'm all about this, dude. I'm all about this movie. Yeah. I For love Glenn Close reason- I, I love Glenn Close right now. She's got this vibe. Mm. I'm, I thought I'm not. No. See now, I don't know. I, I must have thought Cruella Deville was going to be uh, Kristen Stewart, but oh well. This looks I pretty just, close, though. I think Emma Stone looks great. I'm all about this. Would Would I have liked Kristen Stewart as Cruella Deville based off of both the cartoon and Glenn Close's performances? Uh, no. Oh, um, she's a witch too. Okay. I I I think Kristen Stewart is great, and I'm a big proponent of Kristen Stewart. But she is more reserved. The thing about Cruella is she is she is bonkers. She is a character. She is big. She's <laughs> a loud screamer, and I think Emma Stone is going to be very good at that. Also, she's got great crazy eyes. I don't think Kristen Stewart has great crazy eyes. I think she's I think she's better for mysteries and for action films. I th- I'm a big proponent of Kristen Stewart as an action star. But um, th- what this role needs, I don't know how it's going to start and I don't know where it's going to leave Cruella, but I do know that by the beginning of 101 Dalmatians, she's like all over the place crazy. Guys, like, just I just want the dogs. Just give me the dogs. Like I love it. She's guys. This is obviously Disney's attempt at recreating Joker. Yes. No. Yeah. But well, uh, this is not. Oh man, that was gonna time. be a joke. Dang it. <laughs> well, no. I think this version of this film. Yes, this is very much a Joker esque kind of turn. But it's not the first time they've taken a villain from their cartoons and made and put a whole film around them. They've made two Maleficent. films on Maleficent. Uh, uh, and they've, they've done other ones too. This, I think, although watching it and watching her performance, the seriousness in which she's taking it, the look of the film, the vibe of everything, like 
she's a villain and you're watching her become a villain and i love it it's like it's very much like the joker in that sense absolutely yeah i'm i'm very happy with what i've seen it looks i was awesome. i was talking about todd phillips joker yeah that's what Man. i mean it would be great if she just I, took the entire one percent of france and uh burned them in a giant building dude. <laughs> in a disney movie God, I I, I, I have this. Okay, no. So based on like that whole like Captain America's rolling head and like what I just said, I feel like dis. I feel like people who make movies for Disney take it take their ideas to an extreme that they know won't get approved and pitch them anyway just to get that out of their system, or just for like maybe they'll say yes, maybe they'll say yes, maybe they'll say yes. <laughs> like if they if they if they approved a Cruella Deville like. R-rated origin story where she just goes around killing the one percent of friends and burn a point burning building. I'm sure, you're, I'm sure your joke's very funny, but let's let's move on because we are on a time. I <laughs> am. First of all, I, I I Chris, I do minutes. find that I would I think it would be very funny if they made an R-rated Cruella Deville because I think she does deserve an R rating because she's that. Like horrible of a character, dude. She's trying to kill a bunch of puppies to make a coat, and goes through a lot of like damage to do that. It's crazy. She's crazy. I love it. But um, uh, my only my only gripe with this is that she is the one percent. Cruella Deville is very rich. Well, she right, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Just to take their money. just to take their money. Yeah, but like uh, outside of that. Um, I do find it interesting that, yeah, people, it, it's who is taking the ideas, I think, is the most important thing. I think James Gunn has taken things to them that they were probably like, eh, and he's, that's why he at DC, I can't wait for the Suicide Squad. There's so many people in it, specifically because so many of them are going to die. I can't wait. I can't wait to see all the incredible ways that he's going to kill these people. He's done it in other <laughs> movies. I can't fucking wait. It's going to um, be awesome. And, I, and, like, he just gets to go that freedom there. I do find it interesting, yeah, that people are like, hey, I'm going to give you this extreme idea. That way, this other idea I'm giving you, you may be more palatable to. And maybe that's how they got away with other things, like Loki dying the way he does. Loki, like, dies, man. And it squeezes his neck and then breaks it, and then his face is blue and dead. Yeah. Just dead. So, so that's there, is, there is no one percent. There is only one <laughs> She's Highlander. <laughs> Cuts the head off of the fucking dog's parents. Oh god. Um, I am interested in this movie. I think she looks great, and I think it looks beautiful. But like mm-hmm. her outfits, her just her vibe, dude. Fucking all about it, man. I'm all so, about this. So let's talk about the thing. I'm sure Chris will want to talk plenty about for the last bit of our oh time. God. Let's talk about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> That a trailer. It looks cool as fuck. It does. I'm not, yeah, it I'm not sold on it. What? Why are you not sold on it? Get real. It's too cheesy. It looks amazing. Wait, what? I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Zach, stop for one second, Chris. We have seven. We have, we have sixteen and a half minutes left. You go crazy. I know. I, I yeah, dude. Yeah, we have lots of time. What do you mean this looks cheesy? Have you seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Of course not. I haven't seen anything. That is one of the worst movies I have ever seen, Chris. No fucking joke. 
That is one of the worst sequels I've ever seen. Oh my god, cheesy! You don't even. I am. You have offended me. It just You've offended my family. <laughs> You've offended my family's name. No, I'm kidding. I grew up on Mortal Kombat, the first movie. I went to see that movie. That that movie meant so much to me as a tiny child. It was my first like PG-13 R. I loved it, dude. The sequel is a honking, massive pile of shit. So have have you seen the first Mortal Kombat movie? Maybe in passing. Maybe my dad. Oh my god, you have okay. I, I don't see how you could say this new thing looks cheesy and you have not seen either one of those. The first one is irrevocably cheesy, but it's so much fun. And the second one is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's so cheap. It's ridiculous. They the have... Fucking, oh, God. Uh... The, fight at the, end, the fight at the end of Annihilation is so bad, dude. I have to say this just because of what has come before it. However... What look? It looked good, dude. It looked really good. It has people from the raid in it. Guy, I, am, I am. I am here for Kung Lao. I'll say that I'm here for Kung Lao. He's gonna die like terribly. Zero stabs a guy, freezes his blood, and then stabs him again with the icicle of his blood. Are you kidding me? Chris, they did they did executions. This is like everything you would want from a Mortal Kombat movie. Was that like yeah. well I, I I just I'm I don't see how it's cheesy. Though. Dude, he freezes like, it looks, it looks, it looks super serious. What 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 it I I, I just mean I really mean that the tone of that trailer seemed super serious, like they were taking everything seriously but you still got a sense of cheese out of that like oh my god oh i see what you mean okay um i don't think he's seen the yeah trailer. I th- okay here's the thing maybe it was just i have seen the trailer i'm seeing it again right now um maybe it's like <sighs> like oh god so my thing is like i think the trailer may have taken it the wrong way because like if they're if it's supposed to be like taken seriously but like i i don't see how you i just don't see how you could make me take this seriously they're having too much fun that's a good thing though chris i know but like (laughs) if the trailer if the trailer went like too if the trailer's too serious and the movie's just like it's like like a cord fest of blood and gore but like the action's fine i'm just like Okay, I wasn't supposed to take that seriously. Well, you know, you're not so well. I, I think you're just supposed to take the concept. Like, if it's a fun time, fine. But like, it's first of all, it's a show. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a movie. It's a show. It is Um, okay. I believe it's a. They will. It's like, I. I, Could you double check that, please? Because I think it's a show. It's. It's a movie. Really? Yeah, it's a movie. Movie. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. So with that being said, I'm actually more excited for it. I'd rather <laughs> it be a movie than a TV show that, like, ten episodes down the line may wane a little bit. Like, it's the uh, Immortals or something. Um, I James Wan I, is, I just, is, like, an executive producer on this. Uh, again, it's got great people in it. I don't... I All I want from my Mortal Kombat movie is for there to be some tournament that people have to fight in to defend their realm versus an evil realm. And that's it. Like, there are so many kung fu movies about that. 
It's just that these people have magical powers. It would be like, it's like when you take DC people and you put them in a Mortal Kombat game and you make them fight. It's just superheroes fighting each other. Injustice. I, I, I have no problem with it. My, my only those... complaint here is that apparently the director has never directed a movie in his life. Let's go! Simon McQuaid. Now I'm excited. Having his feature director. This could work one of two ways. Oh, it's going to be horrible. Well, no, not necessarily. Is it going to be horrible or it's going to be amazing? I don't think it's going to be I have faith in it based off of what I've seen that it's going to look good. And I have faith in HBO Max in producing something or buying something. And I have faith in like Mortal Kombat after so long, especially after Annihilation, which is handed to somebody that they didn't trust. Because there there are times where like first time directors have come out and done stuff and it's been great. But I, I based off of what I've seen, I am excited for it. The combat looks good. The special effects I think look good. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm not asking for super in-depth character stuff. I'm looking for fights, kung fu. By, by people who can do magical stuff. It's not... I'm not looking for anything else other than that, especially since it's a movie. Like, bring it on. Like, then... Then it just makes more sense, in my opinion. But it could, it could totally suck. It could absolutely yeah. suck. That's why I went to a streaming service, except for the fact that it was going to go to a theater. That's right. But, um... <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the director's stuff. The director's do, do, have do, done do, do, do. Yeah, yeah, it's the nighttime economy. Do, 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 do. What's the nighttime economy? Uh, do, 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 do. It's a one minute short. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 Yeah. Looks like he just doesn't have anything else on his IMDb except for Mortal Kombat. Yeah. There you go. Nothing, well, yeah. Nothing else. Oh. Oh. Okay. I see here. Mm, okay. Okay. He's a commercial director. Oh, it's a Zack Snyder. We got a Zack. We got another Zack Snyder. Yeah, Zack Snyder, David Fincher, absolutely. He's just made a shit ton of commercials. Looks like he's won a bunch of commercials. <laughs> 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 now, now I'm interested. Now I'm interested. Yeah, it's like he hasn't done anything. Uh, I think uh, yes. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm asking for an Enter the Dragon type movie but with magical powers and violence and gore that's all like to see a guy cut somebody freeze his blood and then stab him with it is awesome that's an awesome that's it looks good it looks fine and if it sucks it'd be like the only cool moment in the entire movie but it's got goro it's got some woman licking blood off her size come on man this looks she's, fun that's, a, that's another character i forgot I know, of course. Like she's, I, I again have seen Annihilation, and that character is in Annihilation. But again, the only yeah, reason okay. Annihil- the, the only reason Annihilation is not on the bad movie wheel is because Mortal Kombat has to happen on the Curiosity wheel first. I can't believe you haven't seen uh, the so, first one, but the second one is awful. Fucking so, new director, mm-hmm. who has the same like origin story as Zack Snyder, Kung Lao and Kano. That's it. that's all I want. But they're both. But I'm expecting Kung Lao and Kano to die within the first thirty minutes. I mean, Jax is in it, so it's Mortal Kombat, man. I I I believe Kano is in there longer. We'll see. 
Yep. Anyway. I, I think I think uh, from the trailer name I... is Melina, I believe, is the one you're thinking of. She's the one with like the dinosaur teeth thing. Yeah, she's bad in Annihilation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's awful in <laughs> Annihilation. Oh my god, I can't believe when we're done with this, Chris, I just want you to look at a trailer of the second movie. It's so awful. It's so bad. It's it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. I could spend, I could just, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Ever. Am I about to be sauced a trailer here? It's bad. Oh, I haven't sent anything uh, or was looking for one. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll pull it out while we talk about other things. It's, it's horrifyingly bad. And the first one is enjoyable. Not, not a great movie, but enjoyable. You can see why a sequel should happen. But it was also made by the guy who made all the Resident Evil movies. So, you know, it's not like top-notch stuff you were talking about. <laughs> but Mortal Kombat is one of the best comic book movies ever simply because it was came out early and was decent. By the, by the way, Alex, it's not a comic book movie. It's a video game movie. I'm sorry if I said that. It's because we live in a world where we talk more about good comic book movies than we do good video game movies. I'm uh, sorry like that Sonic is the only movies. thing we have. No, Mortal Kombat. Hey, I didn't hate that Prince of Persia movie. I did not hate it. Oh, it was horrible. I guess you made Prince of Persia, the guy who made Goblet of Fire. Oh, God. So it wasn't his fault. It is his fault. I absolve him. It is his fault. No, it is. Yes, Goblet of Fire is absolutely his fault. And so is Prince of Persia a little bit. Oh, stop it. I'm telling you. I I, I, I looked at my research. That we have Detective Pikachu, and that movie is just a bundle of fun. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, correct yourself. That's what I thought. Well, I didn't say... I said that there were few. I didn't say that... There's a few, yeah. There's not a lot. I I would say it's like a a handful, like on one hand. (laughs) Sonic, Mortal Kombat, Detective Pikachu are all good. None of them them stand out. No. None of the Tomb Raiders... Not I don't know about you. I think I think Sonic stands out, but that's because Sonic. Stands I out. put Sonic in there. I think Sonic is part you of the three. You said none of them stand out. Yeah, no, I don't think Sonic stands out. I think really? it's a good movie. I don't think it stands out. I mean, what is it? Listen, I'm talking Alex, like Dark Knight stand the out. The bar I'm like that we have to clear for good video game movies is so low. Exactly, that's my point. Yeah. We don't uh, have a Dark Knight in the, I, in the I, video game I, world. I, I, I actually am I'm happy for Detective, I'm, I'm Detective curious, Pikachu. Uh, what, did you, what did you think of Alicia Vikander's uh, Tomb Raider? Not bad. Again, I, I think she's uh, good. I think she's good. I think the movie's boring. Oh, yeah, the movie's horribly boring. I just... I don't think it's horribly boring. I just think it's boring, and that's my point. Like, there is no... We don't have a big one. It's They're nice. They're good. They're not bad. Like, Doom... Is not a terrible movie. It's okay, but it's not awful. It's I not I, I honestly hope that with Sonic Two, they just like forget trying to like do anything and just have a fuck ton of fun. I mean, they now I, I I don't know. I don't know what I want from it to be honest. Um, yeah, I I it's. It's I just have a good time with Ben Schwartz and and Jim Gary. I have no problem with. Uh... I'm sold on I'm sold on both of them, so it's like not a big deal for me. That's fair enough. But I, I want Mortal Kombat to be good. 
Wouldn't it be great if Mortal Kombat was the first real triumphant comic book, no, I'm sorry, video game movie that really blows all of them out of the water? Like, I would love it. I want it. We all, like, Street Fighters. I, mean, I, I, just one out there. I just want to point out, Alex, that Sonic's Cinderella story is near perfect. That Cinderella story? Yeah, it, the, the comeback story. Oh, the, oh, well, it's not really a comeback story. He he's put he's orphaned and then put aside somewhere and then comes out and he's like, I mean, like oh my god, this world is so great. The production. What about what makes it a Cinderella story? Did it you see the original trailer to Sonic? Dude, well, okay, that's because the fans freaked out about it and they changed it. That's it. Like, yeah, it still would have been. The, let me put it this way: it still would have been the exact same movie. He just would have looked different. So if him looking different changed everything that was good about that movie, including Jim Carrey, then that's a problem, in my opinion. But honestly, the movie, I, after a while, I didn't care how he looked. I was like, yeah, okay, Ben Schwartz is funny, Jim Carrey's is good. Like, this is an okay movie. Like, I didn't care how he looked in the first place. I didn't think he was that big of an issue. I didn't think it was great, and they made it better. But I don't think that's a Cinderella story. That's like them bowing to the whims of social media, which, to be honest... Yeah, but that was a lot of money to change that, and it, they didn't change the movie. They didn't change the story. The, the story was always the same. They just changed the look of it. But I, I, a Cinderella story, like a movie that comes up from the ashes to me, is like Deadpool. That is a movie that cra- like scrapped and crawled and like clung its way to like ultimate unbelievable success. Sonic is just... In fact, I would say this. How Ben Schwartz got the job of Sonic is way more interesting than how that movie got made more than anything. But with that being said, I like Sonic a lot. In fact, I think I like Detective Pikachu more than I like Sonic. And I love Mortal Kombat more than I like any of them because I grew up with it. There are solid video game movies, but there isn't a spectacular breakout one that says we need more video game movies. We need to keep making them. It's not pixels. I mean, shit. Like, we don't have a Dark Knight. We have a Spider-Man 2 we don't we don't have that movie yet, and that's all I'm saying. Like, like it would be nice, and Mortal Kombat looks great. Whether that's going to be it, I don't know. But we, they've made two Street Fighters, they've made two Mortal Kombat's, they've made a Super Mario Bros. Like they failed a lot. They've tried very hard, <laughs> dude. You know what? Two minute and, warning. Two minute warning. Two minute warning. Okay. You you know what would be so much fun if they like found a way to do it somehow. It, it, if it ended up good, if they actually got Guillermo del Toro to do a Silent Hills movie. Yeah, that'd be great. Because, great. Mo- mostly because he was going to do a Silent Hills video game, but didn't. He's, he was going to do a lot of things that he didn't do. No, but but he didn't get to do that because of Konami, not because of not not because of him being him. This was literally yeah, the creator of the thing got got fucked in the A hard. I I just think it's funny Del Toro talks about a lot of the things he does in a business where a lot of things aren't done until they're done. Yeah. You know, you could shoot an entire movie and then something happens and then all of a sudden it's never never released. Yeah. Like he just he talks about a lot of things that never come so, to because he's excited about all the projects he's doing. Yeah, he's an excitable guy. He's he's very he very much loves his art. Let's go with that. Yeah, but it leaves us in the wind where he's like, guys, I'm working on this thing, and then three months later he's like, Oh yeah, no, I didn't have the money. And we're like, fuck. 
<laughs> you're gonna I do just, the Hobbit? Yeah, I backed out of that shit. Now it's three movies and it's Jackson and he doesn't want to do those and you're like, fuck. <laughs> it's true. He just wants to chill with Corano and the guy who made Birdman. That's all he wants to do. Yeah, I wish she would just finish things. Finish things, dude. Finish <laughs> finish your Hellboy. Finish your fucking Pacific Rim. Finish your Hobbit. And that's it. Finish all over my face. Yes. Yeah, yeah finish all over your face. Let's talk about WandaVision. <laughs> all right, hold on. Let me reset. Okay, okay. All, all right. right, fire it up. So Let's go. So, so, so Agatha killed Sparky and Agnes is Agatha. <laughs> wow, okay. Cool. Didn't even let me drop a spoiler warning. Nope. Spoiler! If people if people don't know based off of the last time we talked about WandaVision that there are going to be spoilers, that is their fault. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> Anybody's <laughs> jumping into this this far? In? I usually, yeah. I usually <laughs> look at two hours and be like, yeah, they didn't spoil shit for two hours. No, we spoiled everything. Dude, we talked about that. No. Uh, so, I guess, like, uh, beyond the obvious back end of what happened here and the, the total mind fuck we all got there, uh, what do we think of the episode overall? You guys go ahead first, and <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I, I'm gonna be frank with you, and and, and uh, outside of the the very good finish, the episode was kind of boring. Uh, Moving people places they needed I, to be to set up the final act, uh, and and that. And and then obviously the back end kind of changed everything, and that changes my whole outlook of the episode. But I would say everything upwards to the last kind of reveal is really boring. It's character stuff. What do you want? I I, ag- I agree with Chris. To be honest, it's very obvious. First of all, when I was watching this, Chris, it it was very clear your your whole. Uh, uh, um, the thing you noticed about it being a three-act structure for nine episodes. That uh, observation, um, I kept that in mind here. And it was very obvious, not only that Wanda was cracking, but that Agnes was the bad guy. From from the ver- the moment she walked in the room and looked at the camera, I was like, she's back. And everything is going to lead to her revealing this to Wanda. We, the audience, know there's something fucked up here. We know it's her now. We should know it's her right now. But Wanda doesn't. Agatha. The reveal, like, I'm sorry? It was Agatha all along. That is fun, and that is for the audience, but it's also for Wanda because Wanda is a part of this show that apparently has been directed technically by Agatha all I, along. I want to so point I, actually, what, what, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing that I thought was so interesting, and, and this is before we found out that it was Agatha, was when she's doing that oh, right. the interview thing, and they're like, do you feel like you deserve this? And you were telling me about this. I was like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> Bro. Well, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I sent all my stuff to Zach in a, in a, in a big long note thing. So I'm going to go through that real quick. Um, I think what you said is uh, Agnes, Agnes is the bitch and she killed the dog. And I said, as y'all expected, though it looks like she's the big bad overall with maybe some scheme to bring in somebody else. There's but something. There, there's. I'm gonna agree with um, Mr. Sunday Movies. There's another shoe to drop. There's the, more shoes are gonna drop. 
Yes, I agree. I think she's doing like her character in the comics is connected to Mephisto. That's why a lot of people have been talking about Mephisto because there have been big hits that this character was this character. So my guess is that this is either all to bring him into the world or he is there and he just hasn't shown up yet. Uh, so I'm wondering what, whether her plan was to get Mephisto in or Mephisto's there and she's just helping him. We don't know yet. Um, I think she's the show's slash Wanda slash Vision's main antagonist with, as Peter says, dick mouth as the grounded threat connected with the more grounded characters that are all connected to the MCU. Um, it looks like Monica's friend and the overall plan wasn't an entrance for another character, but instead of setting up for Monica's own superhero origin moment, the, that's two iconic, iconic scenes for her in this series. The beginning where she gets uh, snapped back in and her becoming Photon, which I think is awesome. It's, it, this, she's getting a lot in this show, which I think Alex, is great. Alex, I think you need to be the person to let everybody know who is disappointed that the person that Monica was texting the whole time wasn't didn't turn out to be a bigger character. I think that I think that, that the person she texted may not necessarily be her childhood friend that she knew, but I think that these are the team members that left because they didn't want to work with Dickmouth. When she comes to that when she comes to Sword, he, she's like, what happened? He's like, ah, we dropped the, we dropped all the astronauts and we dropped that program and we ended up doing sent, uh, sentient stuff and robots and stuff. I think the group of members she got are the people that got fired by him. And I think that they're scrolls. Um, while I cherished every Arrested Development style joke that came with this episode, sitcom era, it was mostly Modern Family in the Office. And uh, that had me bored because I don't, I'm sick of that style these days. Except for Arrested Development. I think Arrested Development is the best. It has a narration throughout, which is different than all the other ones. But because of that, it actually allowed me to connect with Wanda's depression even more. And yeah. uh, I know the overall, I know that was the overall point of it. Uh, but as my interest was waning in the style that they were doing, which I thought was funny at times, the, it, the more I realized it was a documentary crew following a depressed woman around her house and it just felt real and sad to me and i was like when she was like it's your fault i was like damn that's just like the i thought it was really good how they were like they understood that this documentary style single, single camera aesthetic was so perfect at mining awkward cringe humor from sitcoms like gangbusters but it's also at the same time perfect at truly capturing the the like sad reality of what one is going through and it particularly reminded me of unedited footage of a bear from adult swim which is perfect or mulholland drive like without a doubt um the nexus commercial uh i looked it up it's a marvel reference it looks like it's a uh, um a place where all the universes in marvel connect so there are characters oh, within the, the marvel nexus? I just said Nexus. And so there are characters in the Marvel universe of the comics that are called Nexus beings. They are people that can travel from one universe to another. And this basically is saying that Wanda is a Nexus being. And if this is my theory, I don't know if this is true, but I think Agnes is as well or was using Wanda's power and actually took Quicksilver from another timeline and brought him in. Maybe Quicksilver is Mephisto, or some have said that she has a son that's the name of the bunny rabbit that she has. 
and the bunny rabbit is actually Petro. But I, I think it's a good possibility she literally took him from that timeline and has him in a spell, and that it'd be cool if he like woke up and started fighting too. But that, those, those I, are the things I took out of it the most. To go, to go along with what you're saying, from what we know kind of generally from what we've seen of Loki and uh, that series, it sounds like Loki's going to be part of the Nexus. That, that's what it, it sounds yeah. like. And that, that the whole plot of Loki is going to be a procedural cop drama where Loki's the cop investigating all these time anomalies and multiverse fucking things. And he's, yeah, it, yeah, he's going to try not to like all never, it, So, Chris, yeah, it looks like the, the, the corporation that Loki is working for and is captured by in his show deals with Nexus people and Nexus problems. Oh. So that is how it's connected to WandaVision. I didn't know that, and I'm super happy to know that. None of us knew that until this commercial happened. This is what that commercial was meant to reveal. It was meant to tell us all she's Nexus, that group he's with as part of Nexus. Stuff is starting to come together. So that's how they're going to do it. Yeah, which which actually sounds like a lot of fun because I think Loki being kind kind of a fantasy procedural cop drama sounds like so much fun. <laughs> sounds like unbelievable fun. <laughs> and I and and it makes a lot of sense that we're seeing Loki kind of doing all this weird stuff. He's going, you know, to the thing where Loki is president. He's doing, you know, he he's hunting after people that don't seem to make sense now. <laughs> and it also makes sense when they said, you know, Loki's gonna has ties to WandaVision and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Because it sounds like whatever Agatha is doing here causes the events of Multiverse of Madness that brings the Nexus into things. And that part of the adventure that Doctor Strange goes on with Wanda has to do with the Nexus and all that nonsense. So I'm going to take all of that off the table for now because it looks like that that's all hinted at and it's speculation. But the Nexus is a thing. It looks like that's how she's going to be able to... It looks like that's how all the things going to be brought to the table and this multiverse is going to happen. With that being said, we have two episodes left. I, have, I, I feel like now that we've gotten to where I feel the third act happens and, Ag- and Agatha has revealed who she is and that there there's still needs to be – because Photon is there. She's probably captured now. But Vision is finally on his way. And there needs to be some sort of – some sort of conclusion between the fight and the dynamic of Vision and Wanda. Vision now understanding the grief that Wanda has gone through is very important, but he doesn't know that somebody else has been fueling the fire and is actually more evil in all of this. Um, so he's got to talk to her. And also we got to find out what the bad guy's plan is and how S.W.O.R.D. is going to end all of this. So those are the three big things I'm looking for. With that being said, when I look at what this overall show is, I do wish that they could have spent more time with her grief and trauma. However, I think the intent of the show was to be a sitcom. It was to be a comedy. Yes, there's adventure and serious stuff in it, but I think the intent was for every episode to be entertaining and fun. Yes, there's a sadness to it, but I, I honestly think the goal of the show was to be more fun than anything else. You have Jimmy, you have Darcy, you have Monica becoming a superhero, you have Vision doing all these funny things, you have Wanda being funny, you have Quicksilver being funny. Like, I think that was the overall vibe of the show. 
And it reminds me a lot of, and I don't know if you've seen this, Chris, but I truly love this show. It was called The Good Place. It just ended last year. I think it was, I think it's one of the best shows of the past five years. I think it's perfect. I wouldn't change a thing about it. It balances character development and episodic situational comedy jokes perfectly well. I think this is the closest thing I've seen to that. I don't think it nails it as well as that, but this, I, like I said, I wish this kind of went a little bit more deep into what Wanda's going through and it still may, she may lose her kids entirely and shit may go down. But I, I do, I don't blame the show for that because I do think that was its goal. And therefore I was entertained in that regard, but I do do wish we'd have gotten more from Wanda, but it's the most we've ever gotten from Wanda in Vision ever. And I'm truly happy about that. I'm truly happy about the performances and what they got to do with it. So happy for how creative it was. There's a lot of things you can get down about the show, but it's an achievement in terms of making, getting the MCU back to character-driven experimental filmmaking, which is what that first phase is kind of all about when it started. Not as crazy, but they were taking chances and they made it to Avengers and they stuck that landing. And now they're trying to do it again. They're trying to do something different here. And I think they could have done more, but I like what they did. Hmm. I think we're in for a very fun phase. I'm going to be honest. I think they're going to do a lot of crazy weird thing i expect like things to be super fun even in shows like falcon and winter soldier and loki and um what's the other one we're getting this phase um hawkeye hawkeye i i think hawkeye falcon winter soldier uh eternals and no 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 uh, shows 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 not movies no shows um Eternals is gonna be a movie, by the way. Dang it! I was trying to come up with a, I was trying to come up with the, uh, with the joke answer, but I can't. <laughs> that just suck. Um, I think we're gonna. Oh, we're getting uh, Miss Marvel it's two this year. And oh what? right, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, let's go. Yeah, and then we're getting what if, and and then we're gonna get what if. Um, I think. Also, if you think what if is not going to play into this phase, you're sadly mistaken. No, I think it will. Sadly mistaken. I think it will. I You will see Peggy Carter in live action wielding that shield. You will see it. Mark my words. Literally. Somebody write them down. Because I'm not going (laughs) to. We're recording them. Maybe. Um, I think every show. No, we are. (laughs) I think every show we're going to get between Falcon, Warrior, Soldier, Loki, what if. Miss Marvel, Hawkeye, even WandaVision, they're all going to be fun and they're all going to do interesting things and they're going to be fun in different ways. I think Falcon Winter Soldier, I think the biggest fun we're going to get with them is going to be those characters' chemistry. I think they're going to crack jokes at each other and they're going to rip into each other. Straight rip on each other. And I think that back-to-back on whatever, you know, whatever, you know, American political whatever thing they're gonna do actiony thing spy thing is gonna be so much fun. I think they're gonna have a ton of fun with it. I think Loki, like I said, I'm pretty sure it's a, gonna be a procedural cop trauma, and I'm all about that. And I think it's gonna be a lot of fun too because he's gonna run for president. Yeah, 
How can you not think? Owen Wilson's going to be in it. It's going to be great. We just had a real life Loki run for president and success and be successful. And we had to go through four years of it. I'm honestly not looking forward to that. Chris, watch watch American Horror Story season seven and tell me that. <laughs> no, no, I won't. I'm my not point, going to. No, Zach. Don't, my point don't, exactly. I, no, don't. Yeah, I, Zach, I, because I'm a pussy. No, it's just not fun. It's not fun to watch if that's what you're anxious about. It doesn't help that. No, it doesn't. It emphasizes it really badly. Uh, anyways, I, I think the show's going to be a lot of fun. It, it's going to be great. They're going to do cool stuff. It's I have high hopes for everything. I think WandaVision has set the bar very, very high, and I'm happy they led on this. And... I, I think we're in for the biggest treat of the phase to come. We're going to get so much fun stuff. You know, Taika Waititi still is going to direct a movie. At some point, we're going to get a Ryan Coogler movie and TV series. He's doing a Wakanda series. So, uh, we still are getting Eternals. And I don't know if you've seen Nomadland, but Nomadland makes me want to see Eternals so badly. Have you seen Nomadland? I have seen Nomadland. Is it good? Yes. I think Nomadland is... I hope it wins Best Picture. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's it's really good. I am saving it. Yeah. It's, it's very, very good. And I'm very happy with it. And it is very impressive. And... Zoe Shao has talked so much about how that movie and Eternals has kind of been her baby and she's kind of swapped between editing and shooting and doing stuff with both of those movies back to back in 2019, how it was really hard to do. And so I think both are going to be really solid because if if Nomadland, if they had that hectic of a thing while she was dealing with Nomadland with Eternals, I I can't see how both of them how one of them is going to suffer from the other. Because they're both very different movies. Yeah, I'm uh, waiting for the right time. I feel like out of all the movies this year, that's the one I would respond to the most. I'm very excited for that movie. I'm very excited to see what happens with that movie. And... I don't think you've seen it. <laughs> oh, no, I was... I've seen it, dude. Trust me, I've seen it. It's great. All right. All right. Okay. It's great. It's, it really is great. Um, I am very excited about Eternals. And I am very excited to see what the award season has for this, this movie. Chris, you okay? Chris, wake up. I'm multitasking. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I think that's uh, I think that's it for WandaVision. How about we just move on to what we all watched? Let me um, have a word about WandaVision. Spoiler alert: I saw Nomadland. <laughs> cool. Um, for me, okay, we got eleven minutes, so we can do. I can do this. Um, I'm not worried about. It. So, for me, this. Mm, that episode was like, okay, now it's like, now she's like cracking and she's falling apart. Um, 
and uh, the kids are gone. They're <laughs> they, those kids are not coming back. Those kids were never real in the first place. Neither were any of the kids in the town. Um, <laughs> it was Agatha. Um, I don't think there's a much... dead, and that's why they showed up on Halloween because it's all Hallow's Eve, and that's when ghosts show up. Oh my god! Oh my uh, god! So 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 oh so, my so, god. so 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. So. Um, I don't think we're going to get a Mephisto. I think Agatha Harkness is the closest we're going to get to that. Just for, like, political reasons and I hope all that so. other extra crap. I hope so. Um, I hope so. in that case, if there are more shoes to drop, like, what are we exactly waiting for then? Like, what's left? What's left? You know? Like, are they just going to, like, throw in, oh, here's Ian McKellen. Just at the very end of the last episode, like... Um, no, like, that's my I don't thing. Think... It's like, what's like to me, like, what's left? Because, um, we have, like, I feel like all, if not almost all, of the pieces are in play, and we just have to mm-hmm. let them, you just gotta let them fall into place, I guess. Um, no, because, like, this, this is what the plot of Justice League is Steppenwolf comes in to do ah, all the plot? stuff that essentially, that essentially brings in Darkseid. It's the same thing with Loki and Avengers. They're doing these things for a bigger thing to come in. I think Agatha, whatever she was doing, the intent was to bring Mephisto in. Because she has a boss, and that's him. And I think that that's what she's intentionally doing. Or what she does brings him in. But he's the only thing I could see dropping as a shoe. Like, I've been thinking about the Ian McKellen thing and, like, Magneto and all that stuff. Like, Wanda doesn't care about that. That's not her... She never new professor x that's not going to affect her unless he can come in and be like i'm going to calm your mind which unless you have the power to do that why would she pretend to be that I... and ian mckellen her father doesn't matter either because her parents were entirely different than magneto so it it to bring for agnes to do something to bring a bigger bad in is the closest thing i can think of or he's already there and right. he's been there so, all along so, so i so um i think I'm gonna actually gonna subscribe to a theory that um, Mr. Sunday Movies put forth, or I don't know if it was Nick Mason or whatever. Baron Mordo. I'm okay with that. Uh, Chubatel Edgefor from Doctor Strange. So, 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 Chris. I think okay. I, I, I think agree with you. I agree. It's in universe. It's in universe. Yep. He has a thing against. Sorcerers, so yeah. I think Agatha caused this, but I think Baron Mordo somehow is like, uh, I don't know, I'm not like, so no, like, uh, so now I'm trying, now I'm trying to, no, no, I'm getting, I'm getting away, I'm getting away from the reason, like, um, that I like this, and like, I'm trying, I'm like. I like it. I don't want to spec like I don't want to speculate too hard on the mystery because I feel like I'm then I'm then I'm just getting into a time. But I really like that idea because like it's a it's a thing. And if one if one division ties in, if Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch is going to be in Doctor Strange two, that means that and they set up where Mordo to be a villain down the line. What better time to do it than right here? Um, I like it. The, okay, I like that. So the hold on. only way I would want. Uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, okay, go ahead. so but my um. But other than that, like, I don't really have 
like a ton of like fan theories because like with, with the whole like person she texted like I do think that's Tal- Talos's daughter that was that they were talking to I do because like you don't subtly build that and then it's just somebody in a show like this like I'm like because like a show like this has a she's a show like this has a plan to it and an overall purpose I think that that is Talos's daughter, the person that helped her get the um, the rover um, or the Mako, as they call it in Mass Effect. Boom, did it again. Um, so, but other than that, I'm really just like, um, I really just like, I, I'm just liking the care. I just, I'm just liking the character work here. Like, they're obviously setting up wonder for something um and like i'm here for it i've like i've had like i've had time in my own head to think about this but like i'm here for it and like that's basically what i'm for with this show for like i'm sticking with it for to see where they take wanda because i'm interested um but um yeah in terms of like who the big bad is. I think the closest to Mephisto we're gonna get is Agatha Harkness. So um that so I think that's as far as it's gonna go. Like in terms of like if we're gonna talk like mystery, that's like all we're here for. Grab your chips and just eat them already. Um I'm just putting a bag away. I'm just putting a bag away. <laughs> um, um so I, I I I like that idea. If you're gonna bring Baron Mordo in, then you might as well just bring Be- Cumberbatch in. That's the only way I would wanna have that work is yeah, he's going to show up, bring Cumberbatch too. If that's um, the case, then if that's the case, then color me crazy because they probably started in Age of Ultron. I have to watch because I told myself when I thought of this, I have to go and watch Age of Ultron again. I think Wanda had her powers before she encountered the Mind Stone. Yeah, that's what I was telling you. Saying we so, well, we don't so, know. We no, we will no, never know. No, no, we'll, hold let, on. Me, let me finish that. Let me finish that. We don't know from the MCU. We yeah. only see her have the powers for the first time at the end of uh, Winter Soldier. That's the yeah. first time we see her, and she already has the powers. Yeah. So there, and there's nothing that she says in Ultron about her earlier life that says that she has powers. The only thing that they talk about the twins was the bombing that killed their parents, but they they waited to explode and never did. And all they care about is Stark. They've, she never speaks about anything so, else. So the MCU so, never. Now the comics may, but the no, MCU has never stated. No, 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 I'm no, not. No. I don't. I don't know what you're going to say. I'm I, just saying. I, I get it. The comics do, can do whatever, but yeah. the MCU has never specified where she got her powers outside of the stone. Yeah. Ever. So, so the 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 fun theory I've been thinking of as of late. Uh, so so I have three three things. Uh, so first off to to thing that powers thing i think i said this in an earlier week is that i'm pretty sure and this has nothing to do with comics i want to point out this is just baseline theory thing and i've always kind of believed this to be honest is that pietro and wanda always had their latent abilities and that the, the only thing the mindstone did was unlock the abilities they already had access to they already had well, the that, it doesn't that's a guess how do we know that though so because the Mind Stone 
isn't like other things. So, so we should say, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so, so let me, because I'm kind of working through this while while talking about it. So, we know that other Infinity Stones can give powers. The only ones I believe we've seen that can give powers are the Space Stone, right? Is the Tesseract because it gave Captain Marvel her powers, and then, um, and then um, it also gave someone else powers. I don't remember who else it gave powers. Was it just Captain so. Marvel? Just Marvel, I think. Yeah. Okay, and then and then we know the Mind Stone gave Vision kind of his his kind of mind manipulation powers, his telekinesis, his 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 mind beam, his his ability to become intangible, all that all that stuff, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, so, yeah. so so we so we Two can. Assume, thank you, Chris. So we can assume that each Infinity Stone's power set and what they can give other people is in line with what that that ability is we know that wanda has telekinesis and reality warping we we know that that's part of the show that's 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 all this stuff so that sounds more in line with the ether which she never had access to so it inclines me to believe that this isn't inherently a Infinity Stone mm. power. This is something she already had that the Infinity Stone enabled her to use. And I mean, it, I, I get what I get what you're saying. This is all like this yeah. is all tap dancing around theories, and it's all fun. I get it, but like yeah. the movies have never stated it. Nothing so, is always and, stated anything. And yeah. I want them to. I am on the side of them for them to say that Wanda was always a witch, yeah. and that the Mind Stone for Jarvis and for the being that they created through Ultron with it, um, were unlocked, that the Mind Stone unlocks things in your mind, like things you didn't know were necessarily there. I do like the idea that this unlocked the powers for her. They just haven't established it yet, and I, mean, I don't want Chris to go back and watch the movies looking okay. specifically for that. We still, it's we, just, still, we still have two more episodes. We we don't know what could happen. Again, uh, no, dude, I know, we, I know it can be said in the future. I'm talking about it hasn't happened in the past, I don't want Chris to watch stuff in the past looking for that because it's not there. Can they put it there? Absolutely, because we th we are now exploring witches. We sure we have wizards and sorcery with Doctor Strange, but now we're in like actual and devil worship. And done. Okay. All over your face. All over your face. New <laughs> <laughs> catchphrase. Boom. All over your On face. On the topic of witches Hashtag. and wizards, guys. Hashtag all over your face. <laughs> so, so, so on the topic of witches and wizards, let's talk about our favorite one. Starting wait, 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 wait. Cliff. Hold are on. Yes, we are. Oh yeah. yeah. Let me just get the timer ready. Okay. And go. Fifteen okay. minutes. Alex, what'd you watch? Left the right one in again. Love that what? movie. Left, Left the, the right, right one... one in. Oh. Uh, Chris, do you know this movie? Um, take a good long guess. No, I'm just wondering if you've ever heard of it. Yeah, no, okay. Uh, Zach, have you ever seen it? No, oh my god, do you know what it is? Kind of okay. All right, um, <laughs> I love this movie. I was, uh, um, I caught it when it first came out, um, in 2008, not in the theater, but when it came out on like streaming because uh, it was a foreign movie and it, i think it came out in both ways 
even in 2008, um, it is basically Twilight in the sense that it's about a human and a vampire falling in love. But uh-huh. it's way better than Twilight. Of way course. Twilight. As, as um, is any story. Well, well um, <laughs> I think that there are some vampire movies that are bad that I think Twilight sorry, is better than, I'm to sorry, be honest. I need to laugh for a minute. <laughs> uh, so, you can't even say it's not true. <laughs> There are worse wow. movies than Twilight. Wow. There there are, you're right. There, there are worse movies, but man. I'm Mortal Kombat Annihilation for one. Yeah, but bro. Uh, um, uh, I, yes, I'm not a fan of that first Twilight. Um, Twilight, um, foreshadowing. But this movie hey. is about, it's, it's Swedish, but it's yeah. uh, set in the dead of winter. So oh. it's got beautiful cinematography um, it, it just captures the vastness and the space of winter when the trees are barren and it's just blackness all the time and everyone's cold. I love it. I, it's one of my favorite winter movies to watch during winter. And I, it, was, it was just when our, our cold snap ended and it was, it's now like 20, 30 degrees again. And I was like, this is the perfect time to watch it. And it's about a kid who is getting bullied so badly that he is like ca- uh, captured, like cutting out pictures of murders and um, killings and imagining killing these bullies. Like he's ready to murder. He's there. He's like eight, he's, he's 12 years old. Um, and this uh, little girl moves in next door to him in the same building with an older gentleman. And um, they meet in the playground outside and she is a vampire. And slowly he finds that out while all this is going on. The person who usually gets the blood for her because she feels too guilty and doesn't want to do it herself, um, he uh, accidentally gets caught by the police and has to kill himself. So she must then go out and murder people to get blood. And so while that's happening, there's a guy going around trying to solve the mystery of why all his friends are dying while the two of these kids fall in love. It's wonderful. I love it. It has some excellent gore. It's beautiful. I really care about these two kids. I want them to get together, but it's also it, it the theme of the movie because it's called Let the Right One In. The theme of the movie is about um, you choose the thing that either destroys you or saves you, and you let it into your life. And the movie is positing the ambiguous idea. It's later it's later answered in other media, but it it, it poses the question: Is the female vampire just grooming him to be another person to get blood for her and doesn't really love him. And that question is ambiguous throughout the movie. And it's what the point of the movie is over time. There was, there is now an answer. And honestly, I think when you watch the movie, I think it's, you can kind of come to a conclusion on your own, but it's meant to posit this idea that you are the thing that decides what, how, where you, you make the decisions that change your life. You let the evil and the good in. It's, you let the right one in. And I love it. It's beautiful. They ended up making an American version of it with Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz called Let Me In, which I don't think is as good. It has moments to it, but it's not as good. Um, let the right one in. Heavily recommends for my favorite winter movies. It's excellent. Pete's seen it. If he was here, he'd agree. Okay. By the way, Peter's not here. So 
I saw two movies this week uh, outside of the one we had. I was kind of busy and had a bunch of shit I had to do, so I only saw two movies. I saw Nomadland, as I said. Uh, really good movie. I I have full faith in Chloe Zhao to do Eternals now, and I think it's going to win Best Picture at the Oscars this year. It's so good. I love Frances McDormand. I like... God damn it. She's great. She is great. The other movie I saw is one that I think Alex has seen. I really want Chris to see at some point. And it is... What? Nothing. Yes? No, go ahead. What what did you do? I'm going to let you finish. What did you do? For the love of God, finish. (laughs) I saw a wonderful Norwegian film that is one of my favorites of all time, period. It's called Troll Hunter. Mm-hmm. I love Troll Hunter. It is very fun. It is great. And it's kind of a winter movie, too. Uh, it takes place in Norway, so during the winter. So, you know, during early spring uh, to winter. It is super interesting and crazy. And the director is really impressive and the effects are impressive and it's like really really fun and you shouldn't take it too seriously because yeah i love troll hunter it's just (laughs) i'm looking forward to landing on it on the wheel it is in fact on the wheel it is in fact on the wheel and i four more weeks and that director's gone on to make great stuff, right? I believe so. I haven't seen any of his other work, but I'm going... I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the one making... Who made Krampus and Godzilla? He did not. Kingdom Monsters? Nope. He made a movie that you all know called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. That's the one. Yes. Good movie. Yes. And then he also like made a movie called Mortal. Immortal? No, Mortal. Okay, then I never saw that. Yeah, it's... um, I don't know anything, but it came out last year. And supposedly it was alright. It won some awards. (laughs) Like, I don't know, man. Like Halfway there. It's a Norse mythology thing. So, if you're into that kind of stuff. Living on a prayer. Yeah. Anywho, uh, yeah, it, uh, more important thing is he, he made Scary Stories to Tell in Dark. Really good movie. Uh, I, for those who have seen it, it's really crazy, and Troll Hunter is very, very fun. <laughs> I am excited. Yeah. Troll Hunter, I think, was also his directorial day. So. Um, it looks really funny. It's, it's really funny. There's some great jokes in it that just like really jives with me. So. Yeah. Chris, what'd you see this week? Okay, so I got bogged down with homework and really like got upset, so I sent a cry for help for my teacher, and while I was waiting to waiting for a response, I went to a theater and watched Kung Fu Panda. The original one? Yes, the original one. 
And I'm pretty sure it's one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, <laughs> um, like, also, the food was great. Um, the food? Like, yeah, food was great. Cinema Grill, man. Oh. Um, Did you play any video games? Telling you, I'm telling you, no. Uh, like, unless you want me to go and do another six minute rant about destiny again um i do you want to hear a rant sorry i, I no I, I, I'm not finished. I, 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 I got five and a half finish. minutes left you can finish you can finish um so stupid paper um so like it's just like oh man it's the movies that like it's the movies that just like um for me, it's the movies that really just like get to me. That just like put a dag, like like, um, just like, um, like go, like like give me. I need to go to a doctor. Um, <laughs> so it's just for me those movies that just like cut cut right to the bone. There, that's what I was trying to say. Like, um, like like Goodwill Hunting. Like those movies that just like speak to you. Just like. Uh, like right, right there. And like this weird, like, um, anthropomorphic animal movie, of which there are many. Um, just like, just like, I've been meaning to watch this ever since I heard it was a, it was in a theater. So I went. I was just like, oh my gosh, I needed that. And I I have decided I'm going to at some point do an essay on it. Um, so expect that sometimes nice. when after I'm dead. Um, so, <laughs> and I want, and so, or I'm probably going to go over, but I don't care. I want to share a brief excerpt that I just wrote for the last, like, 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> reads as follows. Uh, so, um, it just goes into why I like the movie so much. Um, I, so, I'm reading this. I identify with Poe, an overweight, black and white, socially awkward nerd who, who daydreams of being, of being great to escape his current situation and his current self. Poe hates himself, who he is. He hates his job and his dad's noodle shop until he got exactly what he wanted. Po Does he hate himself, though? Does he hate himself? Wait for it. Um, until he got exactly what he wanted. Poe couldn't learn the same way the Furious Five did. He thought he could and tried as best he could, but it wasn't working. He couldn't help but be this bumbling, debaucherous fanboy idiot, and he hates it. This is where I went and quoted the, the quoted that exchange after. I don't know if you guys remember the movie, but like after the scene where Poe cooks the Furious Five dinner, and like she was like. It's gotta be. It's gotta be Poe who has to defeat Tyler, and then Poe just books it. It's that scene at. It's that scene where they're having that exchange, that argument. Um, I wish I could pull that up. Uh, <laughs> but essentially, he's like Poe is just like doubting himself. He's just like, no. He's like, you're not. He's like, oh, God, I really want to pull it up. Uh, <laughs> screw it. I'm going over. I'm pulling it up. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that scene justice. Um, but like, so like, um, to set it up, it's like, uh, so like Poe's just like, um, 
I'm aggressively type here. Um, he is like, he's got to be the one to face Tai Long. And he's just like, hell no. Uh, so he leaves. So he tries to make a, make a run for it. And um, so, uh, God, where is that scene? So um, he, so yeah, he, so he tries to book it and Shifu stops him um, even before he even made it even halfway. And um, so he's like, no, I can't, like, I can't beat Tai Long. Like, Jesus, look at me. Um, and, uh, oh, he, the scene where he gave him the, you know, the motive, like, the, the, the classic Kung Fu motivational, like, you're not who we expected, but you're what we got. Hold on. I think I know. I think, I, think I found it. I think I found it. I think I found it. Um, it's right here. Okay. Whoops. I didn't mean to do that. Hold on. Stand by everybody. I'm going to, I'm going to share that scene. Stand by. Are you? I am. You have okay. a problem with that? It's my show. Uh, also, be warned. Copyright. We, do, we don't want to get demonetized. Oh, yeah. Is that a, sure. is that a, oh, I'm so scared. God. It's, it's a scene from a movie, not a side. I know, but he's going to play audio. That's what I'm saying. I don't think audio... Hold on. We're fine. <laughs> I, don't think I, did I, don't, I don't think I did this right. There's no pop songs in the middle there of the scene. I think we're good. There it is. Okay, I got it. All right, um, let's see here. I think this is the right one. Hopefully you guys can hear it, but I'm just going to share it for the audience. If not, I'll just describe it to Alex and Zach. I can't hear it. Can't hear it? Well, then that's your problem. So I can also not hear it. Well, fuck. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, describe it first. Damn it. So anyway, fine, whatever. Okay, I tried, all right? Yes, I'm just really. I feel. I'm feeling this moment. All right, I'm feeling this. Hey, you know what, Chris? So, 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 um, wrong paper. So, basically, he's like, I can't face Tai Long. I mean, look at me. I'm a fat jiggly panda. Um, no, ref, no, no, ref, no relation to the YouTube channel. But um, he's basically. So Shiva asks, then why didn't you quit? You knew I was trying to get rid of you, and yet you stayed. So, so like, Poe was like, yeah, I stayed. I stayed because every time you threw a brick at my head or said I smelled, it hurt. But it could never hurt more than every day of my life just being me. I stayed because I thought if anyone could change me, it could make me not me. It was you, the greatest Kung Fu teacher in all of China. And she was like, I'm going to change you because I, I will. I can do this because this is after Uigwe is dead. And then Poe's like, come on. Tai Long is on his way here right now. And even if it takes him 100 years to get here, how are you going to change this, he points to himself, into the Dragon Warrior. And Shifu doesn't know. Um, and so, like, so, like, he's really just, like, I interpreted it as some kind of self as a form of self-loathing. And, and I identified, and I identified, uh, and I identified with it. And... So after that, so then he's like, the, and then until he was shown a blank scroll that only showed a reflection of himself, and then he figured it all out as Shifu did before him when he saw him getting the cookie off the top shelf, doing a perfect split. He's like, "There is no secret ingredient; it's just you." So then he trains him by teasing him with. It. <laughs> um, so he basically. 
had to do it the only way that he could. And that was like not like he didn't like he doesn't again, he doesn't like who he is, yet that's the thing that gets him that's how he achieves his goal. And I'm one hundred percent like I just really like Country Panda. Like I just love that story. And I just really I just really identify with it. And um yeah, and if we go over, I don't care. Zach kiss my ass. You are absolutely you're absolutely right, Chris. He that the line he says to him, if those are the words he uses, that is self-loathing. And he begs for him to change him. And what does Shifu do? What a good teacher does. He finds the strengths of the person and he teaches them that those are their strengths. And everything you're saying, the moment you're saying it, the the image that shows up in my head is when he's fighting um, the bad guy and he's punching him in the stomach and he's laughing. And he's like, <laughs> it's, that's to me being like, he's laughing that it, it was him all along. He's like, this is amazing. I was totally meant to fight Also, you. it was tickle. Also, the, him trying poking him repeatedly was tickling. Exactly. Like, that. Like you are absolutely right. Like, I, I don't remember him saying that. And I don't remember that that's how he felt about himself. And that the point of the movie is that, no, he, you need to love yourself. Which is a continued thing throughout the series as he discovers yes, I was just gonna say himself. that. But I again I stand by the yourself. third one. It's just a remake of the second one. <laughs> I like your version <laughs> of the third one more. Oh god. We gotta land our cook for panda so I can do that. <laughs> um anyway, that's all I watched besides Goblet of Fire. Which that's I better good. get that timer ready. Chris, we're 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 happy that you you feel such a personal attachment for that's what films are about analysis you're absolutely right even if that wasn't even intended to go i mean i'm even gonna like i even identified with shifu too and i'll get into that in my essay but like i don't have enough of that fleshed out yet Um, absolutely shifu goes through a journey as well mm -hmm. so that is all i got um, so now we can talk about Cup of the Fire. And Alrighty. go! <laughs> well, okay, Chris, do you have a question for me? No. Oh, yes. <laughs> Who is Mike Newell? Hey. Ah. Mike Newell. Mike Newell, not Newell. Newell. Well, is he it could go either Canadian? way. No, he's British, so it could go either way. Newell. I, I believe it's Newell. And the reason why is I have a friend who's like, uh, who, who's related? Uh, hides to in it. his closet. Yeah. No, Does he rub your head? It was like a it was a distant family relative of his. Oh. Okay. Well, I don't really know how to pronounce his name, but here's his deal. It's he's no. a very fa- he's a very famous British director. Um, he's been around for quite some time. He broke onto the scene with a movie called Enchanted April. Followed that out with Into the West, and then couple of notable things. He directed Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is written by the guy who is the brains, the writer, the director behind About Time. That was the movie Richard Curtis was his name. Richard Curtis, it was the movie that got Richard Curtis on the map. It's still a huge hit. People still love it. It put Hugh uh, Grant on the map. It's the most famous thing that that director has ever made. He also, around that time, made two episodes of Indiana Jones, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Uh, the Blackface one? <laughs> a- Alex, uh, Alex. Nobody did make the other one by that writer. I'm Alex, sorry? 
You're forgetting about one very particular movie he did. I'm not, I'm not done yet. Yet I'm not done with him. I'm talking about what he's done in the early 90s. Let him go. So uh, a- after he did that, he followed it up with Donnie Brasco, which is a very, very good movie. I actually think so. Um, it's uh, starring uh, Al Pacino. And jo- I'm sorry, what's up, Zach? So I love Donnie Brasco. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Johnny Depp, uh, Al Pacino. Johnny like Depp the, deserves the, a fucking medal for what he's gone through. Um, well, I, now uh, you say that. Oh, I always <laughs> took you three movies. Yeah, it never <laughs> took me three movies. Recently, he got he's been going through some stuff, but around this time in the nineties, yeah, Donnie Brasco, Ed Wood, this was a good good time for him. Um, he also yeah. did Pushing Tim with John Cusack and um, Billy Bob Thornton. And uh, he's kind of going up. He's got Mona Lisa Smiles after that. Right after Mona Lisa Smiles, which is a great cast, Julie Roberts, Kirsten Dunst, a lot of women, um, he does this Harry Potter movie. He follows that up with Love in the Time of Cholera, which people don't love. And then Prince of Persia, Sands of Time with Jake Gyllenhaal. People don't love that either. He does a version of Great Expectations, and then it starts to go downhill, and he starts doing incredibly British stuff. The last thing he did was in 2018, and I... And I Swear to God, this is the name. The Quernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society. Oh, I'm sorry. The Quernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. That is an actual name of a movie that guy made two years ago. Okay, you're lying. I would never make up the word Quernsey, and I am offended you would think so. Here's the deal with this guy. Here's the deal with this guy. When Chris, when Chris Columbus got the first movie, he read the book and he did everything in his power to imagine what this world would look like, find the best people to do it. He then channeled it onto the screen. He oversaw everything and everything he put onto that first movie will follow us all the way to the last Harry Potter movie and even into those Fantastic Beast movies. He cared about these so much so that when the second movie came, he chiseled it down. And really got everyone tight and was like, this is what this is, Crusoe. If I leave and you guys are still working together, you um, you guys got this. You can handle it. Then the third director came in. He read the books and he was like, this world is amazing. I really want to play in it. And that's why every scene is filled with so much stuff that shows that he was excited to be here, excited to be in this world, excited to take the characters to a next level. He was into it. This guy. Mike thought that the Goblet of Fire was too big, so he didn't finish reading it. He, <laughs> he also... I'm not... This is getting crazy. Just let me, let me get through this. thought it was too big. Oh my god, this Goblet is insane. Goblet of Fire is the biggest book. Exactly. He was like, this thing is too big. I'm not going to read it. And they went, okay, well, could you go ahead and watch the other movies? And he went, no, I'm not going to do that. And, oh and, and the third, the director of the third movie came and goes, dude, you have to at least watch my movies so you know what you're getting into. And he's like, no, 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 I know what I want to make and I know what I want it to be. You know, I mean, they're kids' movies. I get it. Fantasy kids' movies. I want mine to be darker and creepier. And then he started watching the third movie and he got 40 minutes in and he shut it off and he went, shit. This guy did what I wanted to do. I, what am I going to do now? And it's like, what are you talking about? Why are you in competition with this dude? Just continue off of what he did. He's like, no, no, no. I guess I have to make mine a comedy now. And everyone was like, what are you talking about, dude? 
And he just started adding these. He wanted to burn down the forest. He wanted to burn down the forest behind the school. He's like, it would be an excellent scene when Harry Potter breaks away from the dragon that the dragon, and, and to be honest, it would be cool to see a guy flying through trees as the forest is burning. But also, that's a, that in the books, that forest is important. It houses a lot of creatures. That would be a very sad thing to just flippantly do in your movie. And he had to be argued out of it. This yeah. guy did not like this world. He no. did not care about this shit. He was a director for hire. He just came in and was like, I, he didn't respect any of it. Nope. And it shows. Like, no, like... No one really liked working with the guy. I, yeah. And it's it just like the, they immediately went with a different director the next time. And it, I honestly, one of the biggest things about it is he just didn't respect a lot of the things in the book. Um, his ideas of the characters are completely off of what they are. The biggest example being Dumbledore. Dumbledore in the books is a calm dude. He's a relaxed dude. It is true that in this story, this is the story Exactly. This is the story where Harry Potter is supposed to see for the first time Dumbledore at his most threatening, so that he's no longer the Santa Claus character in the books. But in the books, he's not a loud yelling guy. He never yells at Harry. He says everything calmly, and when he is threatening, it's without any joy, and it's a very death stare. Like, he's just super serious, and that's how they describe him. In this movie, he's just all over the place. Now, whether you like that or not, whether it's a big or important thing to you, it's just a complete lack of respect for the character. I, I also it's, it's, point out, uh, sorry, Alex. Um, this book also was like not, or this movie was not the one to fuck up on too, because this one's really important in that it really does set up the main plots and the main drama that's going to persist <laughs> for the next four movies. So to me, the thing that I find interesting is there's a lot of mysteries in the book, apparently. But he chose two in particular, which is who is the Doctor Who guy? The guy who plays Doctor Who is the one who transforms um, and does the tongue thing. Uh, David Tennant. David Tennant, thank you. Okay, so Tennant. Come here, Jessica! So who is Tennant in in this film? And who put his cup in the fire? Is that a good mystery? Is it really well? Honestly, I think by the time you see, I think by the time you see the story of the kid getting, of Harry going into the flashback and seeing that court scene, you should know that that character is now moody. You should know by then because he killed his own father. Now he could have had the scene where he looks at it, where he looks at the father and he goes. Um, don't put another kid into your internship program. The last kid that got out, he never got out alive, and then he does the tongue thing. It could just be Moody being an asshole and saying your tongue, your son did that tongue thing, and now he's in jail and you sent him to Azkaban. He could just be a, a dick that way. But then the dad dies, and I'm like, well, okay. Then if you're paying attention, it's fucking Moody. It's it's they they keep talking about Polyjuice like it's Moody. It's got to be him. And after a while, I was like, that's your only mystery. And I just kept thinking of all these character moments you could have had. Like, I love the moment where Hermione looks at Ron and she's like, if you wanted to ask me to the dance, you should have done it. And you don't wait until it's like your last chance. Like she's that's someone who's like been dealing with a 
thing between somebody else and finally like leaving it on the table and being like, let's cut the shit. And there's a scene in the last movie where they're together and uh, Draco interrupts him. Like, why aren't there more scenes in this movie that highlight that this relationship is getting to this boiling point rather than just have Ron be a annoying asshole this entire movie everything involving ron you don't need in this fucking movie you don't need the dance i i hate it all i just there are funny moments in this movie but you don't need this stuff and there's so many other moments that you could just expand character stuff rather than they like people isn't it isn't this funny romantic stuff silly it's not bad all the scenes are fine but in the context of the story i don't care because there's three things going on there's the gauntlet and then there's all of the actual, like, the mysterious stuff that comes. Like, there's a terrorist attack at a World Cup. That's fucked up. There's spies in the middle of your big Triwizard Tournament, guys. There's some bad espionage going on in here. And that's, like, in the background. And the B story is all of the romantic shit. And I'm just like, oh, my God. All of this is terrible. Zach, Zach was talking about what he, he thought this was, like, a John Hughes movie, high school movie, a little bit. It's a summer camp movie. Oh, yeah. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it. Well, mm. dude, other camps come in. They, they're like making friends with well, other camps. Can't. There's a dance. Hold there's up, competition. It's a fucking summer camp movie. And there's no bullies from the other school. Instead, oh. it's, a, it's a homicidal maniac who's rigged everything and decides that she wants to kill Harry Potter, well, which is the best part of the movie. It could be a summer camp movie, but it also could be like a college movie where the Triwizard Tournament's kind of like each of the um the whatchamacallits the um the fraternities or the sororities competing sure yeah even the even like that but like because they're kids it feels a little bit more like heavyweights you know like sure, them sure, still sure. background yeah. and shit yeah. i i i just think that everything feels so separate and none of it feels as connected and i don't care about all the romance stuff at all like it's it's done well but it also i don't care when there's this darker thing that's going on, and when your movie is two and a half hours, you don't need Ron being the worst character of your entire movie. He's just, yeah. I, it's so, I, why would he think that Harry would do that? And just, I don't, they don't develop the Ron Hermione stuff enough, especially when Hermione's just like fawning all over Harry in this movie. Like, just take Ron out and have Hermione, I don't get it. It's just awful. This, it, it's a movie made by a guy that doesn't respect this world because he took the job and he thought it would get him somewhere else. And he just didn't respect it. It's so obvious. He like none of the, none of the dragon fight thing makes any, none of the, uh, none of the actual fucking goblet makes sense. Like the dragon thing. If once that thing broke loose, they would have handled that. No one's watching. They're just sitting there. There's no screen. There's no nothing. They're just waiting. And then, we never find out what happens to the dragon. Is there just a dragon loose? What's going on? I don't. I don't get it. In the underwater thing, they they take that, that people and they dead. eat them down there. That dragon is even if the dragon's dead, that's fucked up. Like, it, did they just leave? Were they going to leave a little girl down in that water to drown? Three. Like, Three. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Like, if Harry was supposed helmet, to. Man. I, none of them's wearing helmets, as Peter would say. That's the most important thing. Uh, but I just find it so funny that Harry's like, I need to go down and rescue this girl. Like, they never, I'm watching it right now. They never tell them what's going to happen. And then when they're down there, he's got to assume that she's going to be okay because if she's not, 
Why are they just leaving a little girl down there? And lastly, why are they thrown in a maze of psychological problems when they're fucking wizards? Where's the fun in that? So they're running, I, they're running I, around like, oh, oh, I'm so scared so, and stuff. So, so, no, Alex, dude. Like, the, the, this might piss you off more, but I'm gonna say it anyway. So in the book, the maze is actually. I know what happens in the book. So I know what it's supposed to be. I yeah, know that the director they, came in and was like changed it because he didn't. And yeah, it was supposed to be the literal like Minotaur's maze with like every other horrifying thing. Yeah, dude. He was supposed they to they were supposed to answer it. riddles. So much stuff was supposed to happen in that maze that actual wizards would actually go through in the wizarding world, not run through the maze like turn into Jack Torrance. It's fucking stupid. And I was like, this is bad. This is bad. And I was, none of this shit makes sense. And then and then then they then they touch the cup and they transform. And then Voldemort shows up and I was like, all right, now we're cutting to the meat of things. Now we're not fucking around anymore. He's legit no, looking. He just killed a kid and he just looked at Harry Potter and he's like, first of all, a guy cuts off his hand and then like rips the wrist open of this little child, this 14 year old boy. And he's like, I'm going to torture you and then I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do that right now. And yes, it's cheesy. He's like, the power of love saved you from your parents. And I'm like, Rowling, you fucking can't get past that shit. It is cheesy. And I don't know why they didn't grab that cup and like the moment he trained. They put the cup there. They knew the cup is a portal. Remove the cup from the situation. It's this glowing fucking cup. He can grab it at any time. He's a wizard. Just scream at you. You. Oh. <laughs> Are you screaming like a fucking asshole? Like you didn't think of that, you moron! Oh god, that pissed me off. And then, and then, and then they get to the end with Moody and everything. And then you know D- Digger's dead. And then they cut to the very end, and Hermione gets this like note from Crumb, and they're just sitting there, and they're like everything's going to be different now, right? Everything's going to change. And I'm like, a guy's dead. Hitler's back. The fuck, guys? I wouldn't say Hitler, but yeah, that's why. I would say... Yeah, like, we already, we already went through Hitler. John, Johnny Depp. <laughs> Come on. Come on, this Hitler, Alex. This is Hitler.0. Point point what? This is Hitler.0. It's more like... That was um, so, yeah, I had problems... With this, once I found out that the guy didn't give a fuck, I just started making so much more sense to me. I was like, yeah, yeah, this guy, this guy didn't give a fuck. And it was like, I, we talked to a guy on the Buttercast named Brian Levant, and it's very, you can tell the difference between a director who comes in and basically, he's not just making sure that some vision is being uh, captured on film with the crew that you have. That's a director for hire. So the, that's a Marvel director. That's Marvel's come in with the producers and said, this is our vision. Your job is to make this thing real with the crew that we give you and make sure that the set is clean and good and that everything's done on time and perfect. You have to make this vision happen. And then there are directors who come in and say, I'm going to make the vision happen, but it's I'm going to oversee every aspect of it. I'm a part of this vision. I Or I made the vision like Chris Columbus did. But like this guy just came in and he's like, this world is, yeah, so I yeah, get it. Witches, wizards, brooms. Fuck, can we just do this? Like, he just didn't care. <laughs> so ridiculous. If you watch the behind the scenes, 
He's legit bummed that he can't get to do whatever he wants, and it's because it's the fourth movie into this series, dude. Like, get over yourself. What is your problem? I oh god, I want to see Prince of Persia now. I want to see what like it's really well. I've seen it before, but I want to see like if he had free reign. I remember Gyllenhaal being like, "I've done so much serious stuff. I want to do an action movie," and he just throws himself into it. And I do want to see that again for that reason. But also, I want to know if the director had Wayne there to do whatever he wants because he's not in Hollywood anymore. (laughs) It was ten years ago. It was eleven years ago. That guy has not made a Hollywood movie in a long ass time. So, so so, um, it's because he's an asshole. Yeah. Sounds like it. Um, so Alex said he really hated it. I didn't quite hate it as much. I didn't really hate it. I just found that there was a lot wrong with it once I knew how he attacked it. I think this is my least liked of the series, but I don't like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him is a piece of shit by a much better director. Yeah. So this movie to me, like I said, I think it felt oftentimes like a John Hughes movie. Um, it it isn't though it, it's like as i was telling alex I, I this movie felt like it was continuing the whole like we're kind of still transitioning to like the good half of this series rather than like doing it i don't know everything about this movie just felt awkward everything from the fact that it it's a fucking john hughes movie in a story that's supposed to be really fucking dark and like explaining tons of lore things that we need to know going forward that they're, they're kind of same, but they're, they're also skirting over a lot. And, and there, there's all kinds of other like super important things that are like explaining this, that are talked about later that like, you're like, okay, I remember that, but yeah. And like the whole tri wizard tournament thing was literally just drama to set up the, the final, confrontation but like overall this movie like first off this is my least favorite harry potter movie i don't like it it's it's not good it's it's really bad and it i i thought it was better than i remember but i also like really remember hating this movie um the ralph Fiennes showing up for the first time is great i i love him yeah yeah he continues to do great things there's stuff that he does especially in the last two movies that I want to talk about because he goes crazy in that as an improv actor and it's so much fun and it looks great and I think he was given a lot of leeway to do that and there's a lot of stuff he was allowed to do and I think a lot of that is because of the work he put in both in this movie and in the next movie and yeah chris chris there's great moments in the last movie where ralph finds dressed as dumbledore I, i'm sorry just as voldemort does scenes from whose line is it anyway great improv actor there, there's some really cool stuff like it, it's <laughs> it's really awesome and there's a couple very very big meme things and that that are like actual memes right now that i am so happy that are things and only could happen if ralph finds didn't and only would have happened if Ralph Fiennes did, in fact, like, improv on both of which he did. Alex, I'll tell you about these later. They're great. <laughs> I'm excited. I've already told you about one. <laughs> the thing you do with Tom Dalton. But mm-hmm. <laughs> there's another one right before that where he does a laugh. Apparently, that was improv, too. 
It sounds like they just let him do his thing. Yeah, they really. Uh, yeah. Any anywho, um, again, I like Ralph Fiennes. Great actor. He he's still fine in this. He does. He's not given much to work with. Um, but that's fine, I guess. Like I don't know. This movie just felt, always feels like the awkward middle child of this franchise, <laughs> and it is. <laughs> no one gives a shit about Goblin Fire. Let's be honest. Uh, well, I, I'm. I, there are other good things I want to add to it, but Chris, what would you think? Chris, I really you... like. I really like this one. I'm not gonna lie. I really liked it. That's fine. That's just fine. That's perfectly fine. It's not a terrible movie. It is not bad. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those episodes. I really like it's this one. It's not gonna be one of those episodes. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. I all I'm talking about is why this one doesn't feel as like it is awkward. It feels weird. Like the more that yeah, I'm watching these, the more you it's, can see where the big where the problems lie. Like in in the Fantastic Beast movies, it's script. So like everyone just sort of hopes that it's gonna turn out well. That's the only thing that everyone hopes. They're doing everything in their power to make this feel good, despite how shapeless it is. But when it comes to this movie, this movie has a narrative. It's not bad. It's not clumsy. All the scenes work fine. It's just in in terms of what these movies will be and have been before, it's just kind of obvious that the person who was over, like overseeing everything really wasn't putting 110% of the effort in. And like, it's a hard thing to do that after the last one. And it's certainly a, thing, a hard thing to do after the first two, which understand what they are. I think what gets me the most is that this guy saw the last movie and was mad that he couldn't do that too. That's what weirds me out the most. Like they're shifting. That's the point. You can take it in that direction further, but he's like, no, that guy already did it. So I have to do something different. And it's like, that seems weird to me. And the lack of like, I, I don't know if it's necessarily resentment, but I feel like he's making this movie out of spite of the fact that he can't make the movie that he wanted to. And so it just sort of feels that way somewhat. However, I do think the action scenes are great. And I do, I think there are a lot of things about Harry that I love this time around, particularly the fact that when Neville is like, Hey man, um, I'm into herbic I'm into plants now. This book is really cool if you're into that too. And he's like, Neville, I don't give a shit unless your fucking plant books can help me breathe underwater. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> and then the, the next day, Neville's like, here it is. And he's like, is it going to work? He's like, maybe, I don't know. He's like, Neville. And I'm like, Harry Potter doesn't give two shits, man. This guy is sick of this crap. It's like people are trying to kill. I love it, man. He's kind of a dick now. And it's totally merited. And I really love it. Like, he's sick of Ron's bullshit. I fucking love it, man. It's so, Harry's like sick of it. This is why I think you would really love a Potter musical. Because this is the shit that Darren Criss portrays. Harry is the entire time. He's just a dick to everybody. Like he he just like walks around and he's just a douche. Like like Ron's really fun, but but like in it, Ron's just like the I'll just follow along with you because you're an asshole. It's great. He's just an I mean, asshole to everyone, and he knows it. That's the that's the most popular well, thing. About I think it. it's I think it's kind of merited because no. like Ron, here's the thing, Ron. Ron is the 
Ron is the best friend of one of the most famous people in the world. Like, he just doesn't have his money, and he never will. He'll never have his fame. Uh, It's just, he'll never have it, but he's still his best friend. And so there's a sense of resentment there that can happen, being the best friend of somebody famous. However, what I don't believe is that Harry would put his name in the goblet and that Ron would believe he would do that and then lie to him. That shit does not make sense to me. And if it like happened in the book, that's fine. But I'm pretty sure they probably spend enough time with Ron to make that shit happen, like to make it work. Because like in the movie, I'm like, Ron has been through so much shit with Harry. Why would Harry not tell Ron that he just talked to Sirius in the fire? Like, they, he told him about the dream. He tells him that he talks to Sirius. Like, I don't get it. Like, what's going on? It's just, ah, ah, they're just things that really <laughs> annoy me. But at the same time, they work, and they work in terms of Harry uh, growing up in Yvonne. There's a scene where Hagrid and them are walking through the forest, and Ron and Hermione and Hagrid are together, but Harry's by himself. That's the first time I actually felt the isolation that was visualized in the last movie because he's got shit on his mind. He like, doesn't know how to answer this shit and then Neville comes in with an answer, but then it might not be an answer at the end. And he's just kind of a dick about it. I'm like, he has every right to be. Neville's like, why are you so upset? It's like, did you not see him fight a dragon, you dickhead? Do you not understand this guy is, is trying to be murdered here only to be allowed to win to be murdered anyway like this is fucking crazy my favorite thing about this movie that the director does not seem to understand is that the school the 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 school the triwizard tournament the uh uh, the government and the terrorist attack on the world cup there are fucking spies everywhere nowhere is safe like it's bad out there and it becomes way more apparent and focused way more on in the other movies in better ways. But in this movie, I'm like, dude, that stuff is so much more interesting. So much more interesting. I agree with Zach. That may be lore, but it's lore needed to tell a better story. Especially when the outskirts are like every facet of the wizarding world is now compromised. I also... Hydra is in S.H.I.E.L.D., baby. Yeah. The thing I also, that bugged me a lot was... The original plan was to split this movie into two movies because the book gotcha. was huge. It's 636 pages. So, you know, you split into two 300-page books. You chop that down a little bit to 150, 200-page 150, scripts. You you get to do a lot with that, especially if you follow by the uh, every every page is one, one minute of dialogue. You know what I mean? I, it bothers me so much because there's so much in in that book there really is a ton in that book from the fact that like it explains that like shit's going down and the end of it alludes to the the huge one of the huge plots of the next movie which is at the end of it uh that fudge doesn't fucking believe them and it's like well, you're yeah, a fucking dirty liar wasn't it fudge no fudge I think, um, I'd love some. I, careful with spoilers. Um, I no, I, well, this is well. Oh, yeah, I, I guess whatever. I'm just saying, care, I'm just saying yeah, careful. Yeah, yeah, I didn't anyway, say good. I'm not going much further than that. But like, that happens at the end of Goblet of Fire, 
And like the other big thing is it doesn't explain what Harry did with his winnings. It doesn't explain which is important because that has a thing to do in Half Blood Prince. It doesn't it doesn't explain um yeah, but then again, but there's things in the movies that like who cares about his winnings? He's rich as fuck. Sure, sure. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. But even, in the bank. But as a movie thing, you don't need to go with okay, that. Okay, but it doesn't explain there's there's a whole bunch of stuff with Dobby in it that like explain that like helps connect the second movie to the last movie. There's yeah, we don't need him though because the main focus of Dobby in the book is to get him the gillyweed, and they just need Neville for that. Which, but I actually do think it was a smarter route to pull in the movie. Agreed. Um, they also um, this is all kind. It's all kinds of little things. They the whole explanation of what's going on with Crouch. All three of those sequences really emphasize further stuff and explains that like Neville's parents were killed by Death Eaters which, and. And well, it, it, again, all, all of this is really interesting to me because I'm a partial fan. You're a diehard fan, and the director didn't give a fuck. <laughs> the That's director my point. Didn't give a fuck. No, he I, wanted I, to I burn down the fort. Yeah. Like yeah. I uh, like. I think the ball could have been taken away to keep the action scenes. But honestly, the best way to save this movie. Cut the action scenes down, man. All of them don't make any sense in the first place, and all of this would have been a lot more appropriate for the lore. Yes, I agree, dude. There are so many more interesting things in this book outside of the goblet because the goblet doesn't make a lick of goddamn to sense. Be frank, to be frank with you, like in the book, like the actual Triwizard Tournament is like six chapters. That's like it. And there's like 20. Oh my God. Yeah, Dude, that sucks. And then even like, then, this is probably like, the thing that I it's knew. Like, yeah. like the vast majority of the actual book is like, Death Ears are shady fucking people, and like the world is fucked yeah. up. Like it sets. Like, it's basically Hydra. And Sh- it's the basically this book is the Hydra reveal and Shield. But like, yeah. what I the moment I knew this movie was in trouble was first of all, smart call. Don't bring us back to the the Dursleys. We don't see Harry at that family. He's already at the Weasleys. Why is he there? They're going on a trip. Where are they going? The father's keeping it a secret. Ask me no questions. I'll tell you no lies. Oh, my God. It's the fucking Quidditch World Cup. And one of the biggest players is going to be one of the main characters of the movie. And he's going to be one of the people that Harry has to compete against. He's going to possibly be a bad guy. I can't wait to see him play. We're not going to watch that game. Let's just go to the tent and see him hang out and talk about the game. Instead, I was like, what the fuck? It's Quidditch. They, they Show us the Quidditch line, match. Dude, that's the worst part about it. Apparently, I was just—I was. That's when I know I was like, "Uh oh, I don't think, I don't think this it, guy knows what he's doing." The, the other it's thing weird. is in the book, they they changed who was voting, who was like supporting who in that. Like apparently in the book, uh, it's been a long time, is that everyone was all for the Irish, and in the movie, Harry and Ron are Bulgarian fans, while everyone else is Irish fans. Which he called. Like in the movie, he has he has I think the bad guy. His Voldemort call her. Uh, does he call her Miney a Muggle, and she's not a Muggle? She's a half breed. She's no, she's she's a mudblood. The mudblood. Yeah, that's my point. Like even the director didn't even get that line right. Yeah. There's a moment. There's a moment in the movie where there's a reporter keep at talking to Harry, and she's like, "You're 12." He's like, "I'm 14." She's like, "You're 12," and I'm like, "This is the movie." Yeah. Like. Oh, anyway. There's Chris, so much shit. Like, sorry. So much shit in this that they could have put that that should have been two movies. This really should have just been two movies. And well, they, that's because we're talking about material that wasn't in there that we know is available. Chris, however, doesn't they, know that. They, they I want to know what you. I, well, 
I want to know what Chris liked about it, though, because he doesn't know this shit. He doesn't know what wasn't available. I want to know what he liked about this. Okay. I like this movie. Okay, so (laughs) that, like... You're going to say prom? Because they did prom? Sorry. He's mad. No, 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 no. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Uh, I'm done. No, I'll wait. No, I'll wait. I'll wait. Chris, wake up. No, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'm done. <gasps> okay, I thought you were going to fake me out. Um, okay. Chris, wake up. I'm here. Huh? God. Huh? What's up? Sorry. Uh, hi, Alex. Huh? Okay. You hear that? It's my heart oh, beating for you. It's my heart beating for you, Chris. Okay, so I want to suck your blood. The things I like about this school. Um, like, uh, about, about this movie. Yes. Jesus. What are the things you like about the school, Chris? <laughs> um, <laughs> all points, no quills, no pillows. I want to point out, Chris. By the way, <laughs> still not wearing helmets. This is a very, very dangerous. Place. The set design, I love it. Um, I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest, dude. I love, I love their Their beds look so comfortable. Their be- their lounge room. That's looks not so what cool. I was talking about. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was a new one. No, I'm sorry. That really made me. Oh, gotcha. Oh, you dirty, dirty. <laughs> These are fourteen to seventeen year olds. <laughs> no, I was ta- you told I was like I I flubbed and said uh, let me talk I said school instead of movie and then you were like what do you like about the school I was like I was talking about the points on the uh, the cones on the top of the on top of the Hogwarts ah, <laughs> I was like, all, all points no quills no pillows dude look at you all about them buildings. Okay, um, <laughs> horny for you go to Russia, you'll get super, um, super horny. Okay. Um, if anybody listens to Snapcube, you, they know where that's coming from. Um, so, mm-hmm. the thing I liked about this movie, um, first off, um, I think this is peak Harry Potter CGI. When I saw that dragon, I'm like, holy crap! Really? That looks great! Wait. They get better. Uh, that's interesting. Yes, that is a good call. This is still better CGI than the second movie. Yeah, I would agree. <clears throat> Way better CGI than the second I think one. it's going to get much better, though. I, there's well, I mean, I, they do. They do get really bad. But that's why, that you know, Fantastic Beasts, I think, again, has some of the best looking uh, effects. Like the Johnny Depp whole carriage thing is really fun. But I agree, Chris. The dragon thing and the underwater mermaids, that stuff's fun. Um, let's see here. Um, I appreciate that Hogwarts is a school, is a co-ed school, um, as compared to the other schools, which mainly only consist of of only, um, men or women. That is a decision made by the director. It is different in the books. They are co-ed in the books. Well, interesting. Um, let's see here. Let me read this. Um, Bow down to your sex god, Ron Weasley. Wait, how'd that get in there? Ha! Uh, I must have really liked that coat. Um... 
I'm sorry. When I first saw that coat, I'm like, Ron, you look amazing. I don't care what any of these pussies say. You know what? If he'd have ripped that, everybody's a coward. Nobody else would have worn that. He's practically Prince. <laughs> exactly. If he'd have ripped the white the white collar off except for up to the neck and then kept the sleep ones, I think he could have rocked it. Yeah. And it looks like he didn't wash it or anything, which, you know, you could have made it look better. You like you could have like shook it a little bit, but all you gotta do is wear it with confidence, dude. But also, um, like, he didn't, they treated their dates terribly. They did. Um, he's, he's a kind of a douche. He was so I do have questions coming out of this movie, but, like, I want to go into what I liked. Um, Are they got questions? Here's the, the here's, here's something that's going to cause controversy. Yeah. Personally, I liked the visuals here better than Prisoner of Azkaban. Wow. wow. I don't know why, like, it, I just like that, I just like Something about this style just, like, really was, like, that looks pretty good. I think that looks pretty good. I was like, okay, I kind of like this. I was like, I kind of yeah, dig I it. Got I like, it. Do I remember any of that in Prisoner of Azkaban? I was like, kind of, but, like, I really like where, I kind of like visually where it was going. Visually. I think the CGI is great, and this is a very heavily CGI movie. However, the live-action scene where they come in and they, like, the terrorist attack on the World Cup, it's just a bunch of Dutch angles. And I'm like, okay. Give it I, thought, more. I will say, I did think, um, oh dear God, um, Kenneth Branagh, I thought Kenneth Branagh directed this movie at first. Like, uh, this Thor? This, this would have seemed, this seems like something that would be up his alley. I, I think, if it depends on what your view about filmmaking goes, which is, do you want showy stuff that's constantly grabbing your attention and sometimes taking you away from the story, or do you want something that is like a magic trick? You you don't see the filmmaking; you're more involved in the story. And maybe that was the thing for you. In my opinion, this movie is like fifty percent CGI for huge sections of it, or I would say at least thirty to forty percent of this for huge swaths of it, are just CGI scenes. And that isn't really done by a director. That's mostly done by a huge group of VX artists. It takes a long time to do and to perfect and make cool. Um, I do think that there are things about this that stand out, like the, when Voldemort like, comes into being, that's gross and disgusting. Like there's a lot of there's a every now and then there are a few moments where I'm like, that was gross and that was good and I liked that. But they're few and far between. In terms of what the camera's doing, it's very reliable. Nothing about it is bad. I thought the Dutch angle was a little cheesy. And there are a couple talking scenes where the editing's a little bit all over the place. But a lot of the precision filmmaking is in stuff that needed to take months to do. And everything else is just solid. Like, I love the... My favorite scene in the entire movie has got to be when they're in study hall and the twin asks the girl out and Snape's in the background constantly whipping them in the back of the head. The back and forth in the comedy in that scene, I fucking love it. That's great. I loved every minute of that. Pete Snape, Just kidding. Snape is just the comedy relief in every single one of these movies I'm realizing. He's wearing a dress. He's doing a... That, do is, a, like, that, is, a note, that is a note I made. Like He'll never get the job he wants, even as much as he dresses for it. It's fantastic. Uh... <laughs> But, he lost it to Brendan Gleeson. So I do I do think that there are things in this that are good, particularly lo good looking. 
But I, 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 Azkaban is something else. Just technically, I will fully acknowledge. I'm just, I'll fully acknowledge there's probably more passion and like detail put into Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm just talking preference. So, so Chris, I, I, I think if you really enjoy the preference and the look and the design of this movie, you're gonna recommend a movie I'm not gonna watch in another three years. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't assume that. I think that you're gonna really enjoy the next like four movies because. They continue a lot of the the kind of like visual look and the kind of design and the action-y stuff that's going on, but they do it, in my opinion, as a storytelling way, just much better. I think um, yeah. I personally no think more Chris, time here, you're yeah. you're gonna love the climax of the next movie. So um yeah. I do wanna say Okay, this is where we're getting into the controversial stuff. Um I better write this down so I don't lose track. Um, I do agree. Harry being a dick is amazing. Oh, it's great. Um, he's totally earned it, given the people around him. Um, yeah. this is where it gets controversial. Um, I am okay with the conflict between Ron and Harry. I can accept that. It's teenage angst. These guys are 14-year-old kids in a situation that they don't necessarily should... That they shouldn't necessarily be in. And they're behaving, like, as, as appropriately. Like, I can, I can, I can buy that, personally. Because, hey... Because, like... For me, I've been around it. So, I'm, like, I'm okay with it. Plus, it, like... Plus, I think it was, like, that one thing that I was kind of... That, that I've been missing is just, like... I think it's been more subtle in the last few but more like this was more brought to the forefront because i knew this was coming so i was wondering how it was going to be handled maybe it wasn't handled in the best way but i'm glad it was like the tension being between addressed and, yeah yeah the tension between them like um like even even harry just being like petty like not telling him that who he was talking to in the fire like he that just goes more to him being a dick and it's like Again, it's like teenage hormones, and oh my goodness, Ron has a lot of testosterone building up inside of him. He's gonna be a manly man. Um, and so, like, yeah, I'm okay. Like, it's just teenage drama, in a in a situation where teenagers should not be having drama, but they can't help themselves because they're teenagers. They shouldn't have to worry about their lives. And it's like, like, um, Gosh, we've been referencing it. I've been referencing it a lot recently. It's like Evangelion. Those kids should not be piloting those machines. But like the people, the like their 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 elders are like, get in there, get in the robot Shinji. And yet they're surprised when an angsty, like hormone dubbed teenage boy almost ends the world. I'm just like, well, when that was the environment he was in. Like, look at the environment Harry's in. So of course, it, I was okay with. I actually kind of liked this like teenage angsty like tension between all of them and like yeah i was yeah i was okay with it i actually kind of like liked it it was kind of for me personally felt more realistic even though we're talking about a movie about wizards and broomsticks and quidditch and like, you like emo killing You're children the emo guy. Oh, Alan, i'm the, the emo, emo guy, guy. 
Yeah, you like emo stuff. Did you see I the video? I cut myself he's... every Wednesday night. Don't ask me why I'm I so sorry. I not say that. Alex, did you watch the video I sent you about Ava? By the way? Uh, I don't remember. It was the satirical one I sent you. Uh, probably not then. I don't think you sent it to me. When did you send it to me? Uh, Look for the date. Uh, today at midnight. All right. Uh, wait, what? Today? It's not even midnight. Or yesterday. Yesterday at midnight. In the in Messenger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do do. I'm looking in my Messenger for the Evangelion video that was sent to me by Zach, but my phone slow phone anyway. is making it really hard for me to wait. Uh, Netflix, you cannot oh, watch. Man. Or, uh, the bear thing. Um, I see a thing that says you cannot rewatch Commodore Hustle, the Netflix yeah. re-release. That's it. Yeah, that's I didn't. Anyway, I've, I've not watched that yet. Okay, so Chris, to respond to what you're saying, um, yeah, I, <laughs> okay, so I, I will watch. Over. I will watch. I will watch that. Um, I would ask you, did you watch unedited footage of the bear? Um, I did. I, Oh, fucked up, fuck right? <laughs> Pretty fucked up. Uh, We're going very over. Much like Wanda. Very much remember like Wanda. what I said before we started recording, guys. Just remember what we Sorry. said. Remember what I said. Sorry, guys. I had asked him. So, um, this is what I say to this. I like Ron and his pissy attitude with Hermione because they somewhat set that up and they ground that there's something happening between them that Hermione was calling him out on. I do like that. That makes sense. I wish they would have elaborated more on that if they were going to put it in the movie, because I feel like that's more important for their characters in this overall story than what was going on. But in terms of Ron and Harry, I like that there's angst between them. I like the idea of him being uh, the youngest in a family of successful people, of having a bunch of hand-me-downs, having a best friend who's famous and rich, getting in all these adventures, trying to be murdered all the time, focus of attention. Uh, I get it. Um, I just don't personally believe that Ron would believe that Harry would do that. Ron knows what this tournament is. He would have explained it to him, and maybe they both would have wanted to, but Harry would never lie to him about that. And I don't feel that that works, personally. That's my only problem with it. I welcome it in terms of the story. I think it works a lot worse than other movies where there's tension between them. It's not just necessarily teenage angst, but they're still teenagers. Um, and I welcome it because I do think that that's a part of growing up. It isn't just the hormones. It's uh, having problems like Hermione's run, running around this movie angry and pissed off at what these guys are doing. And to their minds, it's like whatever. But it, like what you're saying is applied to the movie in one line. Everything you're saying is in one line. And that's when they apologize to each other and Hermione looks at them and says, boys, that's what that's all that is. And I do agree, but I don't believe that. That is the one thing where I'm like, Ron wouldn't believe that shit. Ron wouldn't. Would he? Honestly, would he believe that? <laughs> and that's where I'm having I'm watching these movies and I'm like, there's some there's places for character development that they could have spent more time on. And that's all. Like I don't at the end of the day when I rewatch these, I don't care so much about the the way that they treat these two Indian twins like assholes. I'd rather see him spend time with Hermione and then have a couple more moments where they're like, 
we don't know about our feelings so that when the crumb like love triangle happens, it makes a little bit more sense. Like I feel that Harry had genuine moments with the girl he liked. And I like the fact that she ends up being with Digger and then Digger dies. That's cool, man. That's awesome. But that also should have been a little bit more fleshed out rather than a few glances. He asked her out once and then like, she spends the rest of the movie just minding this silent movie of losing her boyfriend on the side. And it's like all this, it, everything just feels like it's half-assed. And the only thing that feels fully fleshed out are the actual action scenes. And that's, and the last scene with Voldemort, which I do think he nails. I think that scene works as powerfully as it should, but this whole movie really should have been about how instead of being another movie where Harry has a mystery that he has to solve as a teen, like, cause that's kind of what it is. I, I would have rather have him just go to school. Maybe this tournament thing happens for a little bit, but it leads to a bigger mystery and have it be more about how this world isn't safe anymore. How he needs to understand that, how when people look at him and don't tell him the truth, it isn't just because they're afraid to tell a little kid about his past. It's because maybe they're shady motherfuckers who want to kill him three years later. That's more interesting to me. But I don't know if that's necessarily the director's fault. It's the book. I've never read it, and I have no idea what the focus of it is compared to this movie. Maybe the director stepped in and was like, the goblet is the more important thing, and that's how he viewed it. But in terms of the kids growing up and be, having romantic problems and growing up emotionally and being emo about it, absolutely. I have no problem with that. I think that's fine. And I do think it works in this movie. And I've always argued more against the last two and which one of those, those I would want to take away. But I'm starting to realize that maybe those films handle the emotional angst and growth and trauma that's happening in the world better than this one did. And this one just doesn't really actually try with that, but it does try more with Harry growing up emotionally. I do agree with that. Um, and I, I was telling Zach, I think Daniel Radcliffe is getting better each movie. I think he's the best one in this movie. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So like I was personally okay with all of that, even though it probably wasn't handled the best, but like it, like no one bats a thousand. Um, so, certainly when the yeah, um, I was pleasantly surprised with the appearance of Robert Pattinson and David Tennant. Uh -huh. Come Fiennes. here, Jessica. But not Ralph Fiennes? Come on. Hey, Ralph Fiennes was great. Is Ralph. it Ralph Fiennes? It's Ralph. 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 You said Ray. Well, so Doesn't he pronounce it weird, though? Someone said yeah, he pronounced people, it weird. Some people like do say Ralph Fiennes or what? That, I don't know. It's Ralph Fiennes. Some people have pronounced it as Ralph Fiennes, but it's really it's Ralph Fiennes when you look at it. What does up. he say? Can we get an accurate read here? I don't know. I haven't, I, honestly, I can't remember the last time I sat down and went down a YouTube wormhole of Ralph Fiennes interviews. I heard, I heard Ralph Fiennes. I could have sworn he was the one who said that. Whatever. It, whatever. Hey, that's why I believe you. I believe you that I'm saying. Hey, you guys say Evangelion, so I get to have a. I get to say something wrong anyway. Once in you a while. know what? It's Nathaniel Twilson, Wilhelm Fiennes. Hey, we talk pretty one day. Yeah. Um. Uh, I believe it's pronounced um, R E I F. However you say that. Whatever. Um. It's uh, Bless you. Um. That's, that's how you pronounce it. So. 
I at early on I did question whether or not this was directed by Michael Mann, and I, or I thought my mom had uh, unlocked the uh, forbidden secret of motion smoothing on her TV, but it this didn't look like 24 frames a second. That's just a personal thing. We don't have to go into that. Um, <laughs> so you know when, so you know when the girl, so you know when the, uh, <laughs> you know when the uh, the girl school, whatever that's called, you know, oh, you know when of magic. Yes, when they first walk into the Hogwarts um, cafeteria, and there's cafeteria, this cafeteria. It's the Great Hall. The Great Hall, whatever. Um, get it right, Chris. You get it right. Um, they get it right. They eat there. It's a cafeteria. Film is a subjective uh, art form. I can interpret it however I want to. They, sleep um, they slept there in the last movie. I slept in my high school cafeteria. Whatever. Anyway, so I like how they were walking into the great hall. And um, and um, there was just this shot. There was this shot. This is POV of Harry and Ron looking at, at their asses. And so I wrote down in my notes, ass. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that straight sure. up happens, man. Straight up ass shot. I was just like, you got. They got. I was looking at it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like they took it. They took the hormonal thing there. Um. <laughs> I also, but that's the other thing. I've been talking about this for a bit. Like, eleven-year-olds have crushes, and this is the first time in the movies that they actually are like, this is when they're starting to think about it. And yet, I, the only reason I have a problem with it is because. There's already a halfway point of a will they won't they relationship between Ron and Hermione, which I guarantee you is bigger in the books. And maybe that scene where they're talking in the last movie is in the book and that's them alluding to it. But they already have moments where they are responding to the feelings of each other. And Hermione's calling him out on it in this movie. And I kind of wish that they just started that a little bit earlier. And that's all. Like, I kind of wish they just spent more time with Harry liking somebody or this girl in the last movie so that it would make a bigger impact in this movie where she goes with Digger and then he dies. And like, it reminds me of, it reminds me of, um, uh, homecoming where, um, Spider-Man where Peter likes this girl and then her dad goes to jail and like, she has to move away and like, it's not even about will they won't there anymore. She's like, she's gone out of the equation romantically altogether. Her life is kind of screwed now. <laughs> like that girl liked that guy. It was genuinely starting to like him. And then he just, he's dead now. <laughs> so I thought like Harry's going to swoop in then. So I, I, there's things about this. I wish that they'd attacked a little bit earlier, but yes, I do find that funny. Like in this movie, it's like, you know, Hermione's in a dress. Holy shit. Um, those girls have nice asses, you know, foreshadowing that, uh, her walking down the steps with that dress that is foreshadowing for Bell, much later yeah. in, for much later in emma watson's career um, absolutely that's what i was thinking too um and that's the thing like I, I grew up with these movies too i was around the same age as these kids so i grew up with emma watson and she's she's a huge celebrity crush for me but it was after these movies watching it so, now i get it what what yeah okay i was gonna go on to my next note you could finish uh, I really love her. I want her address. Um, can I? I <laughs> no. Um, her I middle name Peter. Uh, oh man, that is just perfect because I'm I want to. I have homosexual tendencies towards Peter as well. We applied it in the last episode. Peter uh, will get to her first. Um, <laughs> he will. He will get to. He'll get to talk about this movie for sure. Uh, 
I I think that the romantic element is really fun here, um, and I don't think any of it is annoying or bad. I just think that the dance takes too much out of it. The dance doesn't really do anything. Because here's the thing that bothers me, and I need to ask you, Zach. At the very end of the movie, Dumbledore is like, "We all. This is about the friendships we made, and and how important it was to connect with the other schools." And oh, did they I really? I cannot wait to talk so, about. I can't wait to talk about they, this tournament. Do they show up at the end, Zach, in the no, last movie? No, like no, it's no, real so war. So Alex, Chris, I don't remember. Chris, Chris, what? I need you to put some earmuffs on here, because I need to tell Alex something, and he's gonna feel like an idiot when I tell him this. The Text me when you're done. I'm walking out of the room. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. The bathroom. So, so the female champion ends up marrying Bill Weasley, the dude with the werewolf scars in the seventh movie, and she's the okay. Main so she does, the, yeah, that's right. She's she in does. the okay. last two, and then um, I, I Crumb, Crumb never really becomes useful in any way. He, uh, the but what's I but here's actually the really interesting thing, and this is something, uh, Chris, you can come back by the way. We're, that's all. Um. The really interesting. I don't think you can hear us. <laughs> okay, so um, Kakarov, as we know, is a, is an ex Death Eater, and he continues to kind of be a thing, like in the books. Uh, he he doesn't really. They never really show up for the rest of the thing, but um, Fleur does. She's in the last two movies. But does it does her school? No, but she does. She's important. No, um, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. But, like, and, Dumbledore and, talks and, and about we, how they make and, um, and then the the principal gets mentioned in the sixth one as going on the um the journey with Hagrid to get the giants on their side. That fails. So, uh, everything Dumbledore... Oh, God. Oh, wait. So Dumbledore planned it all. He planned it all. <laughs> no, he didn't, he didn't. I mean, yes. unless those schools come to fight in the end of the last battle... Then I like what was the point? We don't know. We don't know. There's a bunch of random people, but we, the, I don't know. Like I so, just don't feel like that works. So, the, so the, so how the Triwizard Tournament actually works? And this, yet? Yeah, I'm yeah. Done. You can talk. You can come in. So how the Triwizard Tournament works in in the book, at least, is that it's always three random magical schools. So for one, so an example of a year is they could do Ilvermorny, which is the American school. They could do the French school, and they could do an African school. And and it, it rotates every year, and just so happens that the French school, the Bulgarian school, and Hogwarts got chosen for this year, and that Hogwarts is obviously going to host it because Hogwarts. Um, but Drumstring has a greater universe tie-in that we already know about, kind of. Um, and that's the school that Grindelwald went to. Got it. So they're kind of always have been associated with dark wizards and dark things. So, like, obviously, Kakaroff was a Death Eater. We know that. That's set up in thing. Grindelwald went to that school. He's literal Adolf Hitler. Um, there, it's it's just a thing. Like, I don't know, man. Like, there's. We don't really see much from the others, and, and yeah, I don't know. That line probably wasn't in the book, and I don't care to remember to look it up, truthfully. 
<laughs> so. Back to below? I'm going to assume that it wasn't in the book. So, so Chris, you, you had questions about the Triwizard Tournament. Okay, so, yeah, I, uh, I lost my pencil. I'm sad. Um, I'm here to answer. Why them. is this tournament a thing? Ah, so. Okay, no, 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 no. Let me get this off my chest first. What the hell? <laughs> so. What the hell? Okay, so you're asking three, in this case four. Sure. Young, barely even, like. 14 to 17 year old kids to go (laughs) to go into this tournament and like they're all all these then they're trying to face dragons to which nobody can stop them from killing them um and then if that wasn't bad enough the they advertise that something is buried deep in deep beneath the uh, river that leads straight to uh the that's buried deep in the river and uh, it turns out that it's their friends that are uh, that are um, <laughs> drowning at the bottom of the river. And, and so then, after that, um, you go into a maze of psychological trauma, and it turns out the cup is a um, teleportation device. And um, so then, um, for it's a teleportation trap. To lead straight to Voldemort, so he can come back as a fully formed human being, and then he'll kill you. Oh my God! Why is this a thing? Like, dumb Baldor, dumb Baldor. Chris, do you dumb. Yes, Baldor. Dumb. Dumb. Yes. Yes. So, dumb. Dumb crumb. Dumb crumb. Dumb Bladore. Dumb Baldore. <laughs> um, oh so- my God. So, so Chris, let me <laughs> let me relieve your questions several. Um, so, by the way, the uh, the hour the hour expired, but we have four. You have like thirty five minutes before I do a hard cut. That's fine. Uh, so probably after this, do you want to start working on starting to wrap? I up? still have one or two more questions. Got it. So first, so to answer the Triwizard Tournament. So the first thing, uh, first off, fourteen year olds normally are not allowed in this. At all. They Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Know. They knew the risks. They should have known something like this would happen. That they're they are responsible old grand wizards and have seen everything. Mm. I put it no, they are one hundred percent responsible for this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna respectfully decline you on that one. Um and the re and I'm gonna give you several reasons. Screw you, it's my show. That's okay. Uh so first and not a good argument. This is supposed to be fuck you, my show. <laughs> he says. Uh, so, <laughs> so so this is supposed to be an event for people who can legally make the decision of I don't care if I die. <laughs> Clearly. So why does that exist in the first place? These are kids. So secondly, this again, it it's it's a it's always been a school thing. It's like, hey, we're gonna have an inner school competition with with people because glory and all that. Now, now I want to emphasize that first off. The the whole port key thing, Dumbledore didn't know about. Obviously, I assume that they all assume. How come it hasn't happened before? What? How come it has never? How come it has never happened before? What do you mean never happened before? That two kid, when a kid would grab the the thing and be teleported to a graveyard. It doesn't. It's, it was supposed to teleport them back to the front of the maze, 
Instead, what happened was obviously Moody changed it to teleport to the graveyard. God, they knew there was a ball. They knew there was a ball. Yeah. They well, Dumbledore didn't necessarily know there was a mole. Ah! He asked Moody to come. Moody See, now, came. Alex, you're upset about that stuff. It's this right here. Like <laughs> yeah. you're, asking for, you're asking for logic in a world. Of, I'm gonna say two things. You're asking for a logic in a world where they fucking fight on brooms and two. Wear the fucking helmets! Uh, you, yeah, wear the fucking like, helmets, Chris. This school sucks, man. From the day one, just the game of Quidditch alone is they had they had Death Eaters there in the best movie, just flying around while they were playing a game, and they didn't even know they were on the grounds. This school sucks. This whole world is crazy. But like the way I view it is, <laughs> it's just so fun. like it's so fucking crazy. In the fruit, why would you have a three-headed dog guarding a secret resurrecting stone in your school? Why does this school, like, also sideline as a, like, fortress every year? I don't get it, but, like, this is a world, apparently, where everyone has superpowers. And because it's a world where everyone has superpowers, that's what the school is. They're not learning about math. They're not learning about history. They're not learning about, they're learning about being wizards so that they can use their powers and either you're a good wizard or you're a bad wizard. That's how this works. I don't, I, I mean, none of this makes sense. It's never made sense. None of this does. I, I don't, uh, but in terms of this film, not even the games themselves make sense. Why would you kidnap someone's friends and then put them in the bottom of the lake with like, what? That's it's horrifying. That's hard. What if a, what if that person does not like to be underwater? What if they're afraid of fish? What if they have asthma? Like what the what the fuck is going on right here? None of this makes sense. I I don't get it. But like, no. Here's the thing. Cool. It's it's still pretty cool when Harry's like on the building trying to reach the broom and the dragon's trying to get to him. There's no yeah. music, and I'm genuinely terrified for him. So there's like some good action scenes here, but. Uh, in terms of in terms of uh, the the world and what this like tournament means, they shouldn't have had the tournament the moment the World Cup got bombed. The moment the World Cup had a terrorist attack, you don't do the fucking Tri Wizard tournament. You just don't. We don't do anything. Like obviously, shit's bad, dude. And no, and on no. top of that, it's crazy. Um, dang it, I lost my train of thought. Dang, so dang, 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 dang. No, so um. So like, <laughs> so, so like, oh man, just like, like, okay. So the, um, in the uh, second game where they're at the bottom of the, where they, uh, they put the kids at the bottom of the river that, um, the, the girl from the lady school, um, she failed. So what was going to happen to that little girl? If Harry could only save one and, and saved Ron, what would have happened? She probably would have died. This is just no. Here's the thing: they sh a she That's could have died, which is why it's a, she could have died, which is why it's a terrible idea. But no, they would not have left her down there, which is why Harry is a dumbass for getting her in the first place. You, you, like, of course they're not just going to leave her down there, and if they do, then they're responsible for killing a little girl, not him. He just found out about him. They when he did down say. There. They did say this was not for the faint of heart and that this was probably a, a deadly game. For the contestant, not their friends. 
Right. My, my mom, when I asked my mom this question, she was like, maybe they turn in one of the mermaids. I was like, that's even worse. That's, I don't know if that's worse or something. If, if they were shape-shifting mermaids, that would make more sense to me because then it would matter. Harry would see it, he wouldn't go. But Harry had no, like, Harry is in a tournament that's supported by the council. Like, they could die, but the friends can't die. That can't happen. That's like, you can't do that. You can't just shove some person in the water and let them die and then blame it on the other person. That's not fair. That's murder. That doesn't make any sense. So, no, if you're Harry Potter and you're in the middle of that shit, even when the mermaids are, like, looking at him giving the rules, they're like, eh, you can only get one. Like, that's the deal. Like, they didn't look at him and say, she's ours. They, she, they, they didn't say we're going to eat her. They just said, you can't. You can only take one. That's the rule. And so just take the one up there and win. Like, None of this makes sense. None of this does. But in terms of the world, they shouldn't have had the tournament. And if the tournament is a thing that exists, I don't know, man. I don't I get I guess I think it seems to me like if you win the tournament, my guess is the the committee, the council, the wizards, they probably put you in a high position. It's probably the thing that if you win, it gives you like great success in life as a wizard. And that's just, it, it's sort of like a, a really dangerous SAT that you have to be 17 or years old or up to do. And like, we get it, but I, I agree. You shouldn't do it at the school. But then again, how are people going to put their names in the cup? I don't know, man. None of it makes sense. And I don't, I don't care. Like, I enjoy it. An alarm should have been raised. An alarm should have been raised when Harry's name came out the cup last. Oh, absolutely. Of course it did. It immediately raised alarms. It, like, did you see the way he yelled at Harry? They immediately in that room were like, this thing is rigged. Someone put his name in there. It's not him. Someone's trying to kill him. And there was a terrorist attack at the World Cup. They know when they put Harry in there from the very beginning that he's fucking bait. But the movie doesn't spend any time with Dumbledore or Snape or McGonagall trying to solve the mystery. They just keep letting this shit happen. Because it's a... I don't get it. <laughs> so I don't get it. Uh, I don't. It's. I never thought I'd be that upset about this, but in a way, I kind of am. Because, like, at the end of the day, I like the Goblet of Fire because it's the first time out of the three movies that yep. Harry doesn't get real help. And the help right. he gets is is minimal or literally to help him cheat. There's nobody else trying to necessarily help him. And, like, at the end of the day, when he's in that shit, he's in it. And he and he's, like, mad at Neville when he's trying to do it because he's stressed the fuck out. It's literally on his shoulders. And then at the end of the day, he makes the right decision as many times as possible. He, he and the other guy take the chance to win it together. And then he dies in front of him. And Voldemort almost kills him, and he sees his parents, and Dumbledore looks him in the face, and he's like, you saw your parents, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, those weren't real, and if you chase that, you'll go insane. I'll see you later, buddy. What the fuck? <laughs> um, so, um... So your other questions, Chris. Before okay, go. so... Holy crap, Mad-Eye Moody. That was an that was an intense scene in the classroom when he first teaches the uh, defense against the dark 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 oh, the, arts the, the uh, defense against the dink memes. Um, I will say it is fun to watch the movie knowing that he's the bad guy and knowing that it's a bad guy having fun the entire time. Yes. It is fun. I, um, I got to okay, be sorry, honest when you, when you watch it a second time after knowing the reveal that Moody's the 
like you said, the bad guy, it really gives new context to that. Like, especially um, in the book, uh, a thing to note that they, they kind of gloss over in um, in the in the movie, but not really because it, it is the flashback is that the guy is uh, Moody is the guy who tortures Neville's parents to insanity. One of the guys. Um, and the really cool thing is that when when he invites Neville up to show the Cruciantus curse, which is the curse they used to torture his parents, it has that like super dark, subtle theme where he's kind of like making the poor kid relive his parents getting tortured to, to madness. So um, that's interesting. That's really dark when you. It really... also plays. It all. It, it also it, plays it, well it, in the movie it, when it's actually, like actually. What's really interesting is each one of the curses he shows off has an important meaning to each character that he shows it off to. So the first one, the Imperious Curse, which he shows off to Ron, uh, has a big deal because there's characters that Ron gets associated with that that are under that curse in later movies, in the book, but in in later books, um, in and then the the Christiana Curse with Neville, whose parents are tortured by it, and then obviously the Killing Curse. Harry survived, you know. So the oh, Harry, Harry's parents are dead. No. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Oh, I never knew. Oh, I never knew. Um. So Jesus. Um. No, but it, but it is really cool because it it really shows off the super dark hidden meaning of that that class that 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 lesson, and it's really really dark shit. So that's well done. Good catch. So, um, another thing. Um, two more things. Um, the dance, like I said, back at the dance, uh, we gone over that, um, but, uh, one thing that I was just like, I was watching and I was like, why did they do that with, when the plan is clearly in this direction, which I remember, which I remember, um, from my on and off viewing with, when my mom was watching them, um, Neville and Ginny. Yes. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> and the plan is Harry and Jenny. <laughs> I was like, "What are you doing?" That that was that was I think that was my first clue. I was like, "What's going on here? Is the, are we like something's something's going on here?" Um. So there, well, yeah. There are certain <laughs> things that I asked myself. Did Rowling know? I think she. It's hard to say. How she felt about Jenny, because people even say in the books that Jenny just isn't a good match for Harry. But I like—I think the idea in—I don't know if this is in the book or not—of him liking somebody that um, uh, uh, Pattinson's character would end up going for, and then she oh, loses okay. him. I, I do think that that's a good idea. I don't know if that's so, in the book or not. So, so I'm going to brief this because I'm—I'm sure we're running up on time. So, a twenty big- minutes. How many? 20. Okay, so a big chunk of Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix, and even to an extent partially uh, Half-Blood Prince has to do is with Harry having a crush on Cho Chang, who is Cedric's girlfriend in this this movie. And that is a very big chunk of Harry's romantic arc, is that that's the person he likes, and that due to the events of this book, there are issues that happen due to the fact that she. Oh, so she's she she's around in other movies. Yes, 
She's she's gonna be in the oh, next. I just forgot. Gonna be in the I next. Forgot. She's gonna be okay. much then more in the next. What? Uh, then I just forgot. Um, that makes yeah. sense. So so basically, to to briefly explain this without getting too spoilery, um, she obviously gets significant depression because her boyfriend fucking got killed. Uh, that is a big proponent of things that are going on between those two characters and it's it's a thing it there there is there's a thing it it is a thing in the books it's a thing in the movies too she this isn't the last time we see her we'll see her a couple more times um and it will can yeah this narrative arc i feel like will uh, will get a conclusion I'm gonna say I, I, I gotta say that like the that the next movie is the one I remember the least. There's so much about Order of the Phoenix I do not remember except for the ending. Um, I, and I think I remember more about Half Blood Prince. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that I completely forgot that she was there. I I but the, it plays to the fact again that like Jenny and him do not get enough time for that relationship to work ever. I think. I. I actually, I, I recently went back and rewatched it because I, I'm kind of, I, I kind of wa- initially rewatched this to kind of get my my wrap around with this this whole franchise, and when I rewatched um, Order, I actually kind of came to the conclusion that I like Order a lot more than I, I used to. I actually think it's really fun and really interesting, and there's a lot going on. Um, and this is actually kind of helping segue to the end, anyways. Um, I think order is a lot more fun. Actually, I outs like if I was obviously going to rank mine, I obviously the last one's really good, but I really think that like order is like my third favorite. It's re- there's a lot of good in it and there's a lot of Gary Oldman in it. And I love ah, I'm excited. I'm excited. There's, I am. A lot of, there's a lot of Gary Oldman in it. There's um obvious, uh, Helen Bohm Carter's character shows up. Ralph Fiennes is in it a lot. You get to see some really cool uh, Michael Gambon stuff in it. Like, really, like, I think that movie, more than anything, is what gets me really hot next day for for the narrative finish for Fantastic Beasts. Because if that's what Dumbledore is in his old age, I want to see what he's like when he's, like, young and in his prime. Like, Order of the Phoenix's climax, it's so cool and so interesting, and there's so much going on. And I and I and I love it. I it's so much fun. Ivana Lynch is in the movie for the first time, and she's nutty in her own way. And she goes on. She actually goes on to work with Darren Chris on Harry Potter musical stuff, which I think is oh yeah, she'll do anything involving Harry Potter. She loves it. Yeah, well, she the Ivana Lynch and and Chris. I'm gonna actually briefly, well, we'll, yeah, we'll go into the next. We'll go into the next actually, movie. She's got a great story. story. She she was a big huge fan before. She got in it, and she got in it because she was a big fan, and that's, and so of all the people in 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 the whole cast, she knows the most about Harry Potter. She's a huge. I fan. have a feeling you guys are trying to test me. Anyway, um, that, that's just who Ivana Lynch is. Don't get defensive. Okay. Don't get defensive. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I got no questions. I got no questions. I, I, I think one more is a lot of fun, and I, I have I, one. I have one more. Okay. What's your last question, Chris? Make up your minds, people. You either like Harry or you don't. Okay. It's your name when he comes out for the dragon, then you're all like, Potter stinks. Like, make up your mind. That's all I got. 
Make up so, your damn mind. So, uh, so to briefly Sick answer, of this crap. To briefly answer that, Chris, that that whole self storyline thing is actually one of the dumbest things they caught because there's this whole secondary thing where basically for a good chunk of the book, the whole school fucking hates him because they think that he cheated to get in and they think that Potter... It's fucking there. It's in the movie. Yeah, but it's... They go back and forth with it, right? Like, no. Yeah, they, they Commit. Go, they really do go back and forth with it. And the other thing is that we find no. out... We find out that a big reason... Stop, why everybody hate him! We find out first, that... A no, big, no, 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 no. First of all, everyone thinks that he cheats and they wear the pins. Then yeah. the dragon one, they like that he comes back. And then the second one, he saves the girl and he wins for good merit. And then, yeah, the third one. No, they don't flip-flop. They only hate him once. And then when he actually wins, then they love him. That's the thing. When he wins, then they love him. Yeah. Like real sports. <laughs> I love, I, I guarantee you that's the truth. The moment the Vikings win, you're going to hear me be like, I love the Vikings. The Vikings are great. And Chris, you're just going to shove it down my throat. Mm-hmm. Fair uh, weather, fair weather fans, dude. That's the problem. Yeah. Anyway. Um, which sucks because this is a game of death. These are your friends. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I there's yeah. I I think Chris it's that ass have, shot. I'm looking at that ass shot. I I think, <laughs> I think also. Have, I think one more thing. Next one. One more thing. Okay. Too big. This movie's two and a half freaking hours long. Yeah, it is. Really, Chris? You're saying that after watching the three-hour second Too movie? big? He yeah, said it was second... too big? Yeah, he well, said the book was He too said big. the book was too big? You had two and a half hours. You well, have no excuse. Shit out. Well, dude, well, he Chris, murdered, like, Chris he, in fairness... He, he's, dude, he described cutting things from the book to put in this movie as just savaging it. He's like, I ravaged this thing. I took out as much as I could to make this as palatable and to make the fans as happy as possible and to have a to have a through line about a world I didn't care about with the Goblet of Fire. He's like, I cut everything. Also, Chris, he tried to cut down a 600-page book into a two-hour movie. That's... Two and a half hours! Yeah, so so you got us... That's 230 pages of stuff that he had. He he cut 400 pages of of content. He cut more than I you am convinced we will never get we will never get a Harry Potter movie that is two hours or less. Never. No. No. Never. No. No. Even if it's not based on any books, like Fantastic Beasts, well, they'll never be they'll never be well, under two hours. Two and a half hours at least. Well, we won't get movies that are that short that are part of any franchise ever again, ever again. Nope. If you're a big franchise like Harry Potter or Star Wars, and Harry Potter is as big as Star Wars, dude, don't 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 think like it ain't. Uh, never. If it's a movie, it is two two hours or more now, because they want to keep you in the theater. They want to make it the event now. Yep. Say WandaVision. Say TV now. Although that's the thing. They should have made Harry Potter a TV show from the get-go. Although, again, th- these these movies are achievements. Again, these movies are amazing. Goblet of Fire is still a fantastic movie in a lot of ways because it does not fail this series miserably. Nope. It's still a solid movie. It's still great, good, decent performances by people. It's still understands the basic blueprints of what this world should be in a lot of ways. 
there are a lot of things that get, I'm watching the bat. I'm watching the all boys school come in and they do a break dance in the opening. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, <laughs> co-ed. I support that. Um, the director did not. Uh, so I blame him. Uh, that's the thing. Like, it's the it's. it's this is not a bad movie. It's made by a good filmmaker, but it's made by somebody who doesn't care about the world. So it's a bad Harry Potter movie, but it's not a bad movie. That's all. It's like, I could watch this again, and I've, I actually have watched this more than any of them just out of luck of hitting this on TV more than most. And again, yeah, it's not bad looking. It's just a bad Harry Potter movie. It doesn't understand or care about the world, and that takes it down a lot. It makes a lot of the stupid decisions they make me more angry about them because I do care about this world, but it's not a terrible movie. It's you know, you know what also bothers me, and this is at least with the third task, and I'm like watching this scene right now, is that in the books they they even like explained it that like everyone came in on a delay, so like so like each person in first, second, and third place went in s- separately. So like Diggory went in first, then Harry, then Crumb, then. No, yeah. Harry and Diggory went went in both at the same time. No, I know, but but in the book they they were actually delayed based on their placement because they actually got points for doing everything. And, uh, and I don't and see it, why going into that maze first is any material benefit. You have more time to do the riddles and the challenges and everything. Whatever doesn't if the, if they were there, but they aren't. No, I know, I know. In the movie, it doesn't make sense, but like in the book. It, it does because in the movie, of course, they, they, in they, the they, book in it the will movie, make sense. In the movie, I'm talking the movie. In the movie, it does not make sense. I mean, period. Zach, Zach, yeah, I get you, Zach. I get you. It's just another. It's just the there. There are small to medium to big things that are bad about this movie, and enough for it again to really insult the world and kind of insult the fans a little bit. It yeah. does offer really great things. Ralph Fiennes is really cool. Um, Mad-Eye Moody is still a really good performance. He's still crazy. Um, and again, the action scenes are great. There are great things about this. It's not a terrible movie. Um, if I were to grade it, if you guys are willing to grade is that are you cool? I yeah, am ready to grade. Else? Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, C+. Plus. Maybe I... Yeah, maybe a B minus. No, I'm gonna go C plus. Like, only because the director was like at, just a cock about it, and I <laughs> now that I know that I can't unsee it. I I'm also gonna go with a C plus just because I, I think it's the worst Potter movie. I think it. Wow. Butchers, oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It it kind of butchers a lot of the fun that was this, and I also believe that this should have been the movies. But that, but also, like as Alex said, the director is a fucking cock. <laughs> um, nah, I'm gonna go B minus. I, I and it's not. It's not. It's not about you, Zach. I'm watching the movie and I'm like, I've seen because I'm judging this on the Harry Potter movies themselves, and uh, I, 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 you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna go to C plus. I'm gonna go C plus. But because the the next four movies are where my B minuses and A minuses are going to start really getting more fine tuned. In the meantime, I think this is a C plus compared to what else I've seen. I think Chris Columbus 
really changed the game. I think he fine-tuned it with the second movie. I think the third is such a technical achievement and having so much fun with this world that I don't care about the story problems. This one has story problems and also world problems and lore problems and just... It, it, I, it's not bad looking. It's just kind of like I don't care. I ca- I care less about the decisions made in this one, and they reveal more problems to me. But I know that the I know that the films get more complicated, and interesting, and more character driven as we go forward. And it, in my opinion, kind of a little bit too much so in some movies. So I'm. Uh, it's just a back and forth with I'm me. I'm looking at you, Deathly Hollows Part One. It's, once one time every time they try to fix one problem it causes another which i think is really interesting that's how things should work when you make a good decision that changes things right it should make some problems as well and when you fix those you get other ones and again none of these movies are terrible they're all successes the entire franchise is it's just i want to be a little bit more particular about things so c plus for me yeah all right chris what's your grade B. Okay. Yeah. Okay. B. So, like, um, you guys told me it was going to get real. It got pretty real, but it, it was not real. It was dark. You said it was going to be pretty, it was going to, we were going to get tone shift. So I was expecting that. Uh, I wasn't expecting as much as the, them almost drowning kids. Um, it's going to get even more tonally dark, too. Um, That's the point. <laughs> I should have expected they would have drowned kids after uh, Fantastic Beasts, Crimes, and Grindelwald. Um, so many cats. Don't need a helmet for that. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, like, um, and what, and I, I know that moment where, um, where Hermione's like, everything changes now, right? It's like, because like this was like a movie where like Harry hasn't experienced like loss necessarily in, in this story yet. Like he mourns his, he mourns to be with his parents, but he wasn't like, like mature enough to yeah. experience yeah. that. But so, like when, so Chris, Chris. Can, 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 I can finish. Oh, okay. Let him finish. Let him finish. So when Diggory dies, that's like that's when Cedric Diggory dies. That's yeah. like the first L that he had to swallow. Yeah. Like yeah. and yeah. that, and that was like for me that was like kind of needed. Um, it's even, um, I, 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 and I just want to say this. I just want to say, who cares? I, I, you just reminded me of something. He is, he's probably guilt ridden too, because Voldemort was intended to kill him and he got out of there alive. So, so, so Chris and Alex, actually, this is a good thing. Cause, cause this is going to help me kind of pivot over to the next movie a little bit. Next movie, we are going to see both physical, emotional, and real, re- real reactions. And no, be careful with that stuff. I, 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 no, 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 no. I'm I, talking. No, 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 no. I, no. Just be careful with that stuff. I, I don't want to. I, just, well, I, I like what Chris was. I like what Chris was saying before we interrupted him like assholes. Yeah. Um, I, I do see what you're saying. That like he's mourning his parents. We didn't spend a lot of time with Diggory, but they did form a small bond that grew into a really good, strong moment before shit went bad. So I do, I, 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 I don't know if that's necessarily an indication of where things 
go, but again, I think that that guilt and that L that you're talking about, it creates a really interesting drive again into him not letting people control things for him. Yeah. Letting him make his own decisions, letting him have more agency in his narrative, which is a lot of fun. So, yeah, um... yeah I'm not going to go too much for it, but we will see the results of, of of him seeing Cedric die and the and the stuff that results from all that. We will see that they will explain it. It will not be left to nothing. So, um, yeah, like, and when Hermione was like, everything changes now, right? And Harry's just like, yes. Like, that, I was like, okay, I'm in. Like, I don't, like, the next movie might change this, but, like, right now, I'm like, I'm in. I'm in now. Okay. I'm in to the end. Okay. I'm, yeah. Chris, I'm going to be honest with you. I be. No, I'm happy with that, Chris. I really do think you're going to like the next few movies. I don't know if you'll, like, Deathly Hollows Part One, just because that movie has issues, but it has less to its issues have less to do with things and more just pace. But that that's a whole different thing. But like I'll, overall, as I was gonna say, I think you're really gonna enjoy the next couple movies, and they they are a lot of fun. I really like like I was telling out. I really like Order of the Phoenix. I think Half Blood Prince is also fun, and I I, I and I also think you're gonna like. Deathly Hallows Part 2. I, but I think everyone likes Deathly Hallows Part 2. They, that, that's, just um, a, that's just an yeah. earned movie. That movie's just earned. Like that, that's the whole point. That movie is earned. Deathly Hallows Part 1 sets you up for that earning, but that's half the issue with that movie. I, yeah, I think you'll like the next two movies a lot. They, they, cut, they stop being kiddie and they stop being about um, stories that are distracting from the overall arc of a dark of an evil person building an army to overthrow this wizarding world. And then a war breaks out. We start, that starts to become the focus of the story. And Harry has a lot of agency to be like, I'm not just going to sit around and let this shit happen. So I got to do something about it. Uh, I do agree. I think Deathly Hallows, the problem with Deathly Hallows part one is that it, it, the, the books get super fucking long by the end. Yeah. And they just shouldn't have made two movies out of it. So I just think there's a lot of great things about the first one, but in the end, it's such a exploration of lore. It yeah. would be like it, it, it would be like lore. before an, an, a, like before uh, Endgame, everyone just kind of sat around and, and was sad for five years, and yeah. you just sort of saw everybody sit around and eat cereal and just sort of like talk and like maybe some things happen, but it's it's, I, it's I, really I, depressing. I, the, the other thing, though, is Deathly Hallows Part 1, though, does explain a lot of things you do need to know going into this. It's a lore dump. It's a huge it is a lore huge dump. Lore. The two well, hours... It, I don't think, I don't think um, we're getting shabby work from here on forward. I think everything is either for the fans or for the betterment of these films. Um, characters get stronger. The CGI gets more interesting. It's, the stakes get higher. Yeah. It gets it gets gets more adult, and they become genuinely serious movies. They, um, the thing is, is that the neck, Chris. Here's here's the big thing here, and and the, this movie start starts the point of these movies stop being young adult and they start being fantasy, straight fantasy. 
I feel like that was the last one, and I feel like this one bungled that. <laughs> I feel well, like the last movie was the Terminator this more was adult. supposed to be the fantasy movie, and it, it wasn't. I, I think they bungled this one. The director specifically bungled <laughs> this one. Um, and the next one, they, they find Peter Yates, and Peter Yates is the one who made the most films. He understands this world better than anyone else. Uh, and, you know, it's going to get more tight after that. The next thing is, um, if you are willing to go, uh, two things. A, when Hermione says that everything is about to change, I feel like she's talking about um, having sex with a guy. And it's just like, she just got a note from him. She's thinking about him. She's like, everything's going to change now. And then Harry's talking about a dead guy. She's talking about having a boyfriend. And it's like, that's what it feels like to me. It's like, that's the difference, but that's the awkward balance of this movie. Guys, everything's going to change, right? I got a boyfriend. Harry's like, yeah, someone's dead. Yeah. End of movie. And then, uh, I do that. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, movie, you're just bass backwards. Uh, but I know going forward that it does. Um, it does meet that promise. Uh, and then the other thing is, uh, if you want to go the rest of the way and you aren't feeling toys, something just reminded me uh, today. And I wanted to text you guys, but I'm here to tell you now. Um, Michael Gambone is the bad guy in toys as well. Oh my god! <laughs> I totally forgot about that shit. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Just next time, or next time on the Master Movie Podcast, Order of the Phoenix. See you guys next time. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, my god.